Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about the full moon in the second decan of Sagittarius. Uh, I hope that you're having a good Friday afternoon out there. If you are joining us, please let me know where you're stopping in from. Let me know that you're here, that you're listening, um, and tell me here in the chat box. I always love uh, seeing where you're stopping in from all across the globe. Um, welcoming a few friends here today. Laura Edda is joining us from Vancouver, Washington. Tarja is here from Finland. Hello, Tarja. Um, and we have more friends that are going to be stopping in here in a minute. Beth is coming. Oh, Beth says that there's no sound. Is that correct? Uh-oh. Can't hear me? Oh, boy. Are you sure? Let's figure this out. Um, can everybody hear me? Oh, your sound was off. Beth, <laughs> you're giving me a heart attack here. Okay, well, this is uh, some of the challenges of uh, live streaming on the internet. So uh, no worries. Thanks, Beth. Uh, you know, it's good. If, if there's something going on technically and nobody can hear me, then <laughs> we'll have to fix it. But I'm glad that uh, you are all here today. See some more people stopping in here today. We I'm going to welcome a few more friends. Uh, Jeannie is stopping in from Seoul, South Korea. Hello, friend. Nice to see you. Uh, Beth is here from... Where are you stopping in from, Beth? I can't remember where you're stopping in from. Uh, Sarah Renee Marshall is here from Portland. Nice to see you, friend. Yeah, and uh, hanging on during this fixed intensity. Um, it's been a wild ride, Sarah, I will admit. Uh, there's <laughs> we're, we're all going through it, and we'll try to break it down here today as well as we can and um, see if we can give you some guidance through some of the challenges that we're going through as a collective. Um, you know, as I'm recording this, we're heading through the Mars um, at the bending of the nodes, which can be somewhat of a challenging time. And um, yeah, we're, we're probably seeing a turning point in our lives and we're building to this full moon in Sagittarius, which happens on the 3rd of June of 2023, which is uh, a week from Saturday, depending on where your location is. And um, yeah, we'll kind of break it down. I'll, I'll, I'll show you some of my slides from the Decans of Sagittarius. And um, we've got an I Ching and an animal. The animal is actually very similar to the one or is the same one as the new moon. So that energy obviously is something that we need to hear uh, moving forward. So do me a huge favor if you're just stopping in, please uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel, subscribe to my newsletter. Um, if you are interested in the work that I'm doing here and you want to learn more, I did a series called the, the, um, the Decans of Gemini and the Decans of Sagittarius. I'll show you slides from at least one of those today. And right now the Decans of Gemini is 20% off until the 21st of June. So you can find that on my website, spencermichaud.com in the store link. So check that out if you want to learn more. I teach about tarot, astrology, mythology, fixed stars, pretty much just dumping all the knowledge that I had acquired up to that point into these two and a half to three hour long focused videos, um, which are 
a little bit different than the live stream today where we're having a conversation and it's a little bit more free form, but um, those Deccan webinars are pretty, pretty focused and um, I'm pretty, pretty happy with how they turned out and I hope that they are serving you well. All right. So let's see here. Beth's joining us from Ohio. Thanks, Beth. Um, <laughs> Callie at the beach is here from California. <laughs> like I remember last, last week I, I mistakenly um, did not divide that word up properly, and it was Kalia, the beach. <laughs> it was funny. We had a moment. Um, Beth, Beth is here from Madison. All right, so one week till moving day. Well, good luck, Beth, and I hope that your move goes smooth. Sarah says, I'm in your Leo Rising Club, and whew, it's felt like a never-ending Monday this week. Yeah, Beth, or Sarah, sorry, sorry, Sarah. It's been one of these days. We're already kind of going, things are going off the rails already today, but you know, that's, like I said, that's how it goes. It has been a week over here too, and I'm I'm pretty pretty burnt out to be 100% honest with you, but um, that's how it goes sometimes. And we're not always gonna be at our best every single time that we need to show up and do our work. And um, we just keep on trucking. Uh, Steven says, happy Venus Day. Hello, Steven. Nice to see you. Kelly says, hello from Michigan. Had to check in and see if the beard is showing up. There's a little fuzz coming in, Kelly. <laughs> like There's a little, little scrubbly scruffle that's beginning. Um, yeah, the, the beard was uh, uh, unserendipitously chopped off. I would, I'm going to blame Mars in, in cancer. Um, last week, I was trying to trim it, and I just razored a hole through it and i was like oh it's gotta go but yeah this this week has been a lot we've been my partner and i've been dealing with um one of our cars breaking down and trying to figure out how to move forward from a new vehicle we've got some changes in our living situation also that that are taking some energy and effort and um the garden is still needing a lot of attention and just a lot going on uh, it's gemini season our, our attention's being split in a lot of different directions We've got a lot of choices in front of us, and we're trying to figure out what, which things are a priority, which things we need to maybe put on the back burner, uh, and which things we need to deal with now. And that's really some of the themes that we're going through with this, um, this full moon that we're seeing coming up next week. Uh, so thank you all for being here today and choosing to spend your time with me. Um, such a great supportive group, and I love all the wonderful comments that you're putting here in the video. If you'd like to support the work that I'm doing here today, there's a little dollar sign in the chat. It's called a super chat or a super sticker. And you can donate to the show, or you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com after the fact. Or if you want to get uh, some more information about the deck and webinars, again, you can find that on my store at spencermichaud.com. Okay. Tarya says, I'm fine. The fixed signs are cadent in my chart. Sorry to hear it. it's been difficult. Yeah. You know, we, we all have different challenges based on different timing. And one really great way to look at the transits is seeing if they are in an angular house or not. And by angular houses, I mean first, seventh, fourth, and tenth. Uh, and you're going to feel those aspects a little bit more personally. And if you have a, a full moon or something like that in a cadent house or a succeeding house, it might not be as as big of a deal. It might be just something that passes and, and it isn't something that's earth shattering or life changing. It's not to say that that's going to be the case if it's in an angular house as well. It's just may, maybe that you, you feel it a little bit more personally. Lindsay is joining us from Las Vegas. Nice to see you, friend. 
Okay, so I'm going to start diving into it here. Um, yeah, we've got Stevens talking about angel cards today. I actually pulled an angel card and I got the Arch Archangel Shamuel, I think that's how you pronounce it, um, which is an interesting one. So if you've got information on that, Stephen, throw it in the chat there. It, it advised me to hold some green fluorite today, so maybe that'll help the thoughts get from my brain to my mouth a little easier. So we are in the midst of Mars moving through this challenging um, kind of movement through the squaring of the nodes of the moon. And that is when a planet is said to be at the bendings. So this is a, a turning point today as we're recording this, where we're potentially seeing a peak of, of the energy that we've been experiencing in the, you know, not only in the Leo area of our chart, but also uh, related to Scorpio topics and Aries topics, depending on where those things fall in your chart, because Mars is the ruler of those two houses and will be providing resources for those particular houses in your chart. So something to pay attention to as we move through our, our experience today. Um, and we're building through Gemini season to this full moon, which is an opposition between the sun and the moon. And we're, gonna, we're dealing right now with a full moon that is coming to fruition, ruled by Jupiter. And Jupiter is hanging out in Taurus. It's coming into alignment with the North Node during this full moon or, or right before the full moon. Um, and that first decan of Taurus is really about planning. It's about potentially having some challenges with our material resources that cause us to say, well, we, we really need to get moving. We need to overcome this inertia and make a plan. Um, I've been going through that personally, where there's just a lot of things that where the, I don't know, the, the check is coming due on some, on some level. Um, like I have a vehicle, for example, that is old, and we've been kind of hanging on till, till it just falls apart. And, and sure enough, this week it, it did. And, it, and so now there's lots of plans about like, well, do you, do you keep fixing an old car or do you, you know, figure out a way to get a new one? And then what, what are all the options, you know, and it, it sometimes it can feel overwhelming when you're trying to figure out those things. Um, but one day at a time, and the way that I'm handling this Gemini season and some of the challenges around this and the Jupiter in Taurus and that first second of Taurus is, you know, taking our time, evaluating all of the possibilities, and then trying to make a decision that's based on information rather than on just doing things that are rash or because we're scared, right? So this is something to keep in mind as we move forward through this next couple of weeks is how can you recenter yourself when you're split in a lot of different directions and unify your body with your will, right? So this is some of the themes we're going to explore today is when our attention gets divided in a lot of different directions, how do we bring it back to center? How do we find the right achemical mixture to be able to move forward and to achieve our highest priorities? I think that that's something that um, we see in Sagittarius versus Gemini is, you know, sometimes we split our attention in a lot of different directions in a Mercury ruled sign. We throw things into doubt. We throw things into question. Whereas we try to bring about order, peace, and unification in the Jupiter ruled signs. And sometimes we have to do that through experience. Um, one of the biggest challenges around this full moon, um, when we are trying to reconcile opposites, is that we're sometimes torn between our head and our heart. And sometimes it can be really difficult for us to, to reconcile those things. We may be overthinking something. 
you know, we may be so, so overwhelmed by options. Like here's another example. I, I haven't been going out a lot in the last few years uh, for, for various reasons, but um, after I picked up my, my lovely partner from her work after her car had broken down, we stopped at the grocery store and I don't usually go to the grocery store. <laughs> like it's been a long time. And um, I think that I was overwhelmed by the choices. I think this is something we take for granted in, you know, in America in particular is all these different choices that we're faced with in, in late stage capitalism or any type of store that we go into where it's like, oh my God, there's like, you know, 10 different types of cereals that we could get or, or, or whatever. And, and um, I don't, sometimes that can be interesting and fun and in, in enlivening. Other times it could just be overwhelming and it's like, just I need to just find something and do it and get out of here. Um, I will recommend not going to the store when you're hungry because you'll come out with like all sorts of weird, weird stuff. Um, here's, I, I, here's like an example of what came out of that shopping trip. I, I got like uh, dill pickle potato chips, a, a small container of tiramisu, <laughs> like these like weird pretzel, um, peanut butter stuffed pretzels that were on sale. That was a total impulse purchase like four different types of chocolate. And I, I, I mean, this is just the weird things that I normally don't get. Um, but I was hungry and I was like, oh man, I need all these snacks. And you know, Tanya, of course, in her infinite Capricorn rising wisdom is like, this is why I don't take you to the store. <laughs> We're gonna come out with like $60 worth of dumb stuff that we didn't need. Um, but it is okay to treat yourself every once in a while. I think but I think that trying to go into a place where you're making choices and making decisions while you are off-centered or whether you're hungry or whether you are feeling emotionally overwhelmed, um, that can lead to you making choices that may not really be in your best interest long-term. So we'll see how we can, we can reconcile all of that today. Okay. Yeah, Lisa's here today. Hello, Lisa says, I feel it too, sorting through the possibilities. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, lot of stuff that we're sorting through with Gemini season for sure. Um, Steven says, wow, Samuel, uh, severity of God, the devil, seduction and downfall teaches the occult and magic. Well, and we got the right archangel for today, didn't we, Stephen? Okay, so what I'd like to do is I would like to pull up the chart and let's just start going through it. Um, I'll go through it through the houses again as well quickly. I think I'm going to try to do just a little bit of a shorter show today. Uh, I just I just don't have the the juice for a four hour marathon. So let's see if we can get this one in around two hours or so. How does that sound? Um, which is still pretty long, isn't it? Hey, Michelle, how you doing? Nice to see you, friend, our cap rising friend. So we are seeing on the screen the full moon in Sagittarius two. Uh, June 3rd, 2023, which is a Saturday. This is 11.41 p.m. Eastern Time. So the end of the day on Saturday and make the appropriate adjustment for your time zone. And thank you, Michelle, for the compliment. Yes, so the beard got, got chopped off last week and the stubble is starting to return. So thank you for the compliment. You are playing to the Leo Rising crowd. So I appreciate that. Oh, and thanks for the super sticker, Michelle. You're always so very generous, so I appreciate you. Um, 
So we're looking at this full moon in the second decan of Sagittarius, so the second 10 degree section of Sagittarius. And here we are dealing with the sun at 13 degrees of Gemini and the moon at 13 degrees of Sagittarius. And they are in opposition with one another. So we have competing interests. Um, one way you can think about full moons is we have the sun related to light. We have the sun related to will, purpose. Um, I think of the sun as this big spotlight that is going to be shining a light on a certain set of circumstances that we share collectively. And it is infusing its light and vitality into some of these other celestial bodies, including the moon. And the moon oftentimes is related to the body itself. It is related to our existence here on this earthly plane. So the, the sun was sometimes thought of as divine and the, the moon was more, more mundane. So we are infusing a sense of purpose, solar purpose into a lunar body. And oftentimes those things come to fruition in almost the, the balancing energy. I think there's something really beautiful about a full moon as far as like finding balance, finding the, the ripening of the fruit on the vine. So here we started off this new moon cycle in the third 10 degree section of Taurus. So we may have all these things that we're, go, we, we're having to fix. <laughs> I'm just laughing because literally I'm dealing with a car breaking down. Um, and some of it was through like, you know, it wasn't really any of our faults. It's time just came due, right? And we've been talking about the, the repairs that needed to be done on this car for quite some time. It's just sometimes life happens and in finding the time and energy and resources to do that, uh, you know, it's, it can be difficult when you're just trying to live everyday life. Um, but a new moon in the third decan of Taurus says, you know what, maybe there's something that has worked well. Maybe there's something that isn't working so well. And it's time to make repairs. It's time to make repentance. It's time to find, uh, you know, and it's time to evaluate how well things are working in your life. And as we've moved into Gemini season, this happened really shortly after the new moon. You know, the sun moved into Gemini a couple days after. We have this proliferation of options. So, for example, like, I'm just going to keep using the car metaphor because it's an easy one. And I've been going through it. The car breaks down, right? Something not working. And then your mind immediately splits into all of these questions. It throws things into doubt, okay, which is a mercurial signification, throwing things into doubt, questioning things, right? Um, and showing you and exploring different options. So like, for example, there's all sorts of questions we are asking ourselves, like, do we need to get a used car? How, like, of course we do need to get a used car. Like new cars are really expensive. And, but how used, how old, how many miles? Do you want to get a regular car? How big do you want to get one? Do we want to explore getting a hybrid or an electric vehicle? So those are, these are all questions that have started coming up in our household after the breakdown of something. So, the first part of Gemini can relate to feeling a little bit of paralysis by analysis. So instead of rushing out and buying the first thing that I would see on, you know, Carfax or whatever it is, you have to sit and think about it and, and weigh of all the, the possibilities. So we're going through that stage now. So as we get further along in the process, 
we will be exploring all the options. And we might feel during this period of time at this full moon, a little bit of anxiety around our choices, like a difficulty reconciling all of the different demands on our time, all of our different choices, that the second decan of Gemini is, you know, there's a feeling of being literally awake at night, like we can see in the Nine of Swords, which is a, the tarot card that is uh, syncretized with this decan. So oftentimes, we have to be able to sit with ambiguity with Gemini too. And when we're getting to the full moon of this process, though, there is a challenge of trying to unify body and spirit towards a goal, towards the highest priority of saying, you know what, you've thought about it, you've explored all the options, it's time just to learn from experience. It's time to find the right mixture, the right balance. It's time to shoot the arrow, like of Sagittarius, like Sagittarius being represented by a centaur or, or a bow and arrow in some traditions uh, specifically, and aim and fire at your target. And you may have to overcome some challenges around it. You may have to be tested through experience. You may have to overcome some kind of nemesis, whether it's a physical person or whether it's just your own, you know, self-sabotage or your own sense of doubt or your own brain trying to talk you into or out of something, right? <clears throat> it's just go time. So this may be one of movement and action and trying to figure out how to, to, to get where we need to go, right? Literally and figuratively. Um... Oh, Don is here. Hello, Don. Nice to see you. Hi, folks. Better late than never. Watched the bidet sketch finally. <laughs> Too fun. What were they doing on that bidet? Ah, that is a great question, Don. Um, if you are a, a, a regular here, um, Don had some damage at her house from a bidet. <laughs> we, we had our, our lovely um, moderator here, Remco, uh, posted a, the a link to the, an SNL sketch about a, a bidet. <laughs> it was very funny. It, something that popped into my head and he instantly delivered on it. And I'm glad that you got to see that, Don. And I'm sure that I'm happy that that gave you a chuckle. So um, yeah, we're just, we're, there's a longer term narrative happening on this channel, not just week to week where you keep showing up. And we'll, <laughs> we'll have, we're building some sort of uh, uh, some inside jokes with one another and I love it. All right. So, the sun's ruled by Mercury, and in this case, in this chart, in Gemini, and the moon is going to be ruled by Jupiter. The interesting thing is both of those planets are in the same sign, Taurus. So, this is a, a full moon about resources. It's about security. It's about how we manage resources. It's, it's about how we take care of the physical things in our life that may be in need of repair. Um, the moon is going to be hosted by Jupiter in the first decan, which is conjoining the north node around this period of time. So it's really important to make plans. It's really important to plan for the future, to expand your wealth, your, your, your resources, to plow the fields of your life and get to work, get moving. Now is the time to get moving. Um, Mercury is going to be applying to a conjunction with Uranus, 
and that's the ruler of the sun. So Mercury is probably asking us to, to have innovative solutions to a, fixing a problem. Okay, maybe there's some outside the box type of thing that you haven't really considered yet around this full moon. Now the challenge with all of this is that both Mercury and Jupiter are in aversion to each of the lights. So what that means is that usually one of these planets would be trying to provide resources okay, for another. This is called the guest host relationship. And Mercury would be trying to provide resources for the sun, while Jupiter would be trying to provide resources for the moon in this case. The problem is, is that uh, by Hellenistic doctrine, neither one of those planets can witness those the, the lights. Okay, So Mercury can't witness the sun, and Jupiter can't witness the moon, which makes it very difficult to, to provide resources to those planets. So I'm, my guess is that this will still be somewhat of a confusing time. And I think that there is some challenges about moving forward. Um, the other thing that I think is just really prominent in this Gemini season in particular is a square from Saturn in the overcoming position to the sun in Gemini. And that to me is, is a feeling of maybe a slight feeling of depression, a feeling of limitation, a feeling of like, well, we want to explore these options, but it's very difficult to act on them because there's these limiting circumstances that are taking place. Um, Mars at the bending of the nodes, literally today as we're recording this, there may be a movement towards uh, a changing of your resources, potentially. The, Mars is going to be moving towards the south node of release. So if Mars rules any of your money houses or your resource houses or something of that nature, your career house, there may be something happening where you, you may have to really be careful about your resources and not overdo it, which is a really, um, which is something that is a possibility when you have a Sagittarius full moon is kind of over, going overboard, right? Going, going big or going home, right? I've been sort of starting to get uh, fixated, not fixated completely. I'm, I'm trying to stop myself from getting fixated, but I've, got, I've gotten curious about the idea of an electric vehicle or a hybrid vehicle, just strictly from the gas mileage perspective, because we've driven this old Subaru for a long time, and it's, it's a great car, but it's not great on gas. And with the way things are going with, uh, you know, society and whatnot, <clears throat> you know, having a... a fuel-efficient vehicle sounds like a good idea. But you start doing research and it's like, oh my goodness, it's so expensive and things of that nature. And, and really having to ask yourself, what do we really need to get from point A to point B and what is possible versus what we are aspiring towards? So this is something that I want you to think about with this full moon is what is possible versus your desires. And you're probably going to be inspired towards doing maybe more than you might be capable of following through on. And, and I say this because Saturn, again, Saturn is going to be squaring this, this lunation. And Saturn is asking us, how do we create limits in our life? How do we create healthy boundaries? What does this mean? Like I say that because Saturn is in Pisces. It's saying, how do we craft meaning in our life, right? What is, 
what is the nature of what we're doing and is it bringing meaning to our life are is what we're doing in alignment with our beliefs right so this is something else that you could consider when you're going through these challenges is let your belief system be your guide okay um yeah and you know just just another thing that came up this week that was interesting as far as my musings about this lunation and what we're going through and the the square between saturn and and the sun that is going to be perfecting soon like i've been reading articles about the the, the debt ceiling in america i know that we we talked about this last week and people had various opinions on how that was or was not going to shake out but um, i read an article about um, what happens if america does indeed default on their debt and how difficult it would be to get a car loan or a, or a housing loan due to interest rates going up and things like that so i'm not saying that that's going to happen i i honestly i do think that they're probably going to figure it out there's too much at stake for them to just kind of shoot themselves in the foot but we're getting closer to that every time we have this argument in america and when you have people that are you know on extreme sides of a political poll um sometimes things grind to a halt and that made me think of like, oh man, do we need to like like snap into action so that we can actually get a car loan if that's what we need to do? Um, and you might be having something like that in your life where there's, a, because of a fear of scarcity, like with the North Node and Jupiter hanging out in the first decade of Taurus, being in a, in a T-square with both Mars now and Pluto, right, where people have dug their heels in. Like there is a political situation here where people are digging their heels in and being very stubborn about how things are going to move forward. Um, is that paralyzing you? Is fear of social conditions paralyzing us as a community? And someone was pointing out last week too, this could also be related to like conflict in Europe over Ukraine and things like that, where there's there's multiple things happening at all times in the world that could cause us potentially to be afraid and could cause us to potentially lock up or freeze up and have difficulty making choices. Um, so those are, those are other things that I think are maybe a part of this and seeing how things are shaking out socially before we make financial decisions as well. Uh, more people stopping in in the chat. Um, yeah, nice to see you friends here. Um, Steven says Mercury is out of its shadow period. Oh, that's good. During, by this full moon, I'm guessing, right? Um, yeah, by the full moon, Steven says. Yeah, because it's still in the shadow period now. So sometimes there are certain astrological systems that speak to um, a planet retracing the steps that it that it went backwards through during a retrograde period. And then when it finally... Uh, enters a new degree after the retrograde. It's said to be out of its shadow, if you're curious as to what that means. Michelle says, I've been making more money lately, maybe Pluto in the second. Well, that's that's great, Michelle. Like, yeah, I mean, Pluto, Pluto definitely is a planet that can, um, has been associated with wealth in the past. Um, I believe, you know, Pluto actually does mean wealth on some level. There's a definition of it that means wealth. So, Maybe through some of the changes that you're making, there may be something good coming to you. I mean, there also could be just some some other aspects in your chart as well. 
And Dimphy is here. Hello, Dimphy. Nice to see you, friend. Welcome from the Netherlands. So, so those are the things I'm seeing just overall in the full moon that's coming. I, I'm just paying particular attention to the overcoming square with Saturn. Uh, challenges even through through water, uh, challenges like that. Um, the T-square is still active, but it's going to start to separate uh, by degree around this period of time. So maybe we'll begin to get a little bit of relief from that, but it will still be in whole sign T-square. Um, Venus is going to be moving into Leo shortly after this uh, full moon. And it's going to it's going to go through the same journey that Mars did. So if you've been having some challenges with Mars ruled uh, topics, or with like the Leo, Aquarius, Taurus area of your chart, uh, Venus is about to go through that same journey. And the the challenge with that is is now Venus is responsible or is always responsible for Taurus and Libra in your chart. So those topics will go through maybe some of the the, I guess the standoffs or the uh, the need to deal with some things that have been neglected for a period of time um, that need to be fixed and that need to be worked through. I believe Pluto always brings up things to be dealt with that have been ignored or repressed for a long period of time, and you know it's it's just part of life. And again, it's. I hesitate to just always assign blame either to ourselves or to others when we're dealing with like Pluto aspects or anything like this, because oftentimes life just happens and it's really nobody's fault. And this is one of the, the real lessons, I think, specifically of Taurus 3, where we had the new moon of this cycle is sometimes just shit happens, you know, and sometimes you're just going to have to deal with a problem that you either couldn't have anticipated or that you just didn't have time to work through at the time. Um, Jeannie is here. Hello, Jeannie. Um, does it make any difference having this T-square in, in mutable signs? Um, oh, yeah, like with Saturn? Is that what you mean, Jeannie? Yeah, I mean, yes, yes, definitely. I think that there is a, definitely a challenge that is a challenge of change, right? A fixed T-square may be one of getting too stuck and getting set in our ways. Sometimes when, when we have a mutable T-square like this, there's just so many changes happening all at once that we're trying to figure out which direction we're, we're heading. Um, and there's a lot of things that are in flux, right, rather than things that are, that are stuck like fixed energy. So, that, yeah, that's a good point to bring up. And thank you, Eilish, for your super sticker. I appreciate you, friend. Um, Okay. I mean, there is a, a, a trine with Mars and a sextile to the sun. So a trine to the, to the moon in this full moon and a sextile to the sun. So this is something that we may be able to look towards for, for help potentially. The, the difficulty is, is that we have no help from the benefics in this full moon. Like both Venus and Jupiter are in a version. Venus will begin to witness the sun shortly after this but again that's it moves immediately into that opposition with pluto um and the square with jupiter so yeah beth says this is so true it feels like i've been in, in a tornado lately you and me both beth I, I, there's just so many changes happening um right now that that 
I think in everyone's life that just trying to figure out what is up and what is down is, is definitely can feel disorientating. I think, yeah, it's a great point. I think mutable T-squares can be more disorientating than fixed ones, whereas fixed ones is, is more of a standoff energy. The mutable ones is, like you said, I think a tornado is a really good um, metaphor for that because just things are just swirling around you and you're just, we're just trying to make sense of it. Um, okay. So we, we are having to look to a malefic planet for help on some level with Mars here. So what does Mars in Leo ask us to do? Well, a couple things. Uh, in, in this case, the moon is asking us to have courage and to unify body and spirit to achieve one particular goal. Maybe not every single goal, but one particular goal. Mars in Leo is saying, look, you're going to have to com put yourself out there a little bit. You're going to have to weather the heat of the spotlight, right? Uh, or the heat of competition. You want to, you want to, you know, increase your earning potential. People have to know what your services are, for example, right? And that may feel uncomfortable because sometimes we want to just go about our business and we, we don't want to feel the heat of, of, uh, competition. Sometimes we don't want to heal, feel the heat of criticism. Sometimes when we put ourselves out there, that opens ourselves our, ourselves up to criticism. Um, for the most part, this this community here has been super super supportive and kind, and I hope that we really like cultivate that here. Um, every once in a while, I'll get a, a negative comment, um, and it does. It, there there is it is painful to receive things like that when you do public work, and the challenge is, is to not fixate on the one negative experience, uh, especially with Mars and Leo here. Um, this is human nature. We could get 50 positive comments and 50 satisfied customers. And if you have one person that has a, a beef or a gripe, uh, that we, we tend to fixate on that. And that can you know ruin your whole day, especially if you fixate on it. So try to release that, trying to please every single person because you aren't going to be able to do that. And I think that Mars and Leo says, look, this is who I am. This is what I do. And if you want to get on board, that's cool. And if you don't, that's okay too. Maybe it's just not for you, right? And that's that's the approach I take with my channel too, is I, especially at the beginning of doing this, trying to figure out who you are and what you offer to the world. Sometimes you're going to go through some experimenting phases. Sometimes things are going to work. Sometimes they aren't. And sometimes people are going to find you and it's going to be their thing and they're going to be loyal. Like there's people that show up here every single week that are amazing. And I can't express enough how grateful I am for all of you and, and the, the really amazing community that you have built with not only with each other, but, but with me here as well. Um, but then the people that, that it doesn't resonate with, they kind of are free to go do their own thing and find something else. That's the beauty of the internet. You have so many choices and it's so easy to find things that you do resonate with. And I guess what I will say, if you are putting yourself out there, um, try not to listen to the one or two negative comments that you get. And if you are someone who puts out negative energy out into the world, um, don't do that. Who is that serving, right? If, if something isn't for you, uh, just move on. 
there's so many things that could be for you that why do you need to like, you know, ruin someone's day just because you're upset about one aspect of something that you're consuming on the internet, right? So there's, there's multiple ways that Mars could be helping us in this story. It's helping us to cut out, uh, maybe even cut out our own egos and say, okay, you know, we've, we've, um, you know, we don't have to be liked by everyone, right? We don't have to please everyone. And secondly, um, we do have to be courageous enough to keep going, even in the face of criticism, right? So these, this is something that I will say is important at this full moon is you're going to have to uh, believe in yourself and kind of assert your will during this period of time. Often when you're trying to make changes in your life, you have to get over a certain self-doubt experience. You have to get over this, um, not only the criticism of other people, but the, your own criticism. That's the hardest thing to get over. And a lot of times when we have like, for example, a fixed T-square, we may be really set in our ways, right? We may be really set in doing something a certain way. And um, to just get some movement, you need to uh, have martial, laser-focused willpower. I would almost think of this Mars in a sextile to the sun and a trine to the moon sort of as the arrow of Sagittarius, right? You've got to focus your energy in a specific direction. And, you know, that's going to, sometimes you'll hit the target and sometimes you won't. And you just have to keep firing off more arrows, I think, sometimes. Okay, that's the part of the learning experience. And uh, uh, Chandrika, thank you so much for your super sticker. <laughs> I love the the little uh, the little try again sign there. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Th and this is something else. I was talking with another friend who was in a similar uh, business as me here, and they were getting a little frustrated with their, um, you know, with with how things were going. And my advice to them was just keep keep going. Oftentimes, the, uh, you, you will not see the, the immediate results of your work. I started this channel in like 2018, and for the first few months, nobody was watching. I would get five, ten views and things of that nature. And it's not like a million views now, but we've, we've built up something that I think we can feel good about on some level. And you have to just keep doing that. Um, and when you're starting out in a new area of your life, do it for you. Don't do it for the applause. Don't do it to impress people. Do it to express who you are and what you're about. This was some really great advice I got from a friend who was a music teacher back when I was doing a lot more music and still trying to find my, my voice. And they had some criticism for me that at the time like sort of hurt, but had like a a light bulb moment come on. They said, you know, you're, you're doing all these like, you know, vocal gymnastics and it feels like you're trying to impress the audience. And instead of trying to impress them, try to express what you're feeling rather than having it be about like, oh, are they going to like me? Think about it as, are they going to feel what I feel? And that really, that, that had a huge profound effect on me. And it's, it's just a, it's such a small shift, even a turn of phrase, but it has such a big difference in the way that we put our energy out into the world. So think about that. How can you express 
versus impressing, especially with this Mars in Leo. Um, just looking through this chat here. You guys have such great comments here already. Dimphy's telling us about the greenhouse and the garden. <laughs> Good. Oh, Dimphy, it sounds like you've got a lot of, uh, a lot of work ahead of you, friend. So I wish you luck with that. Um, yeah, figure out PayPal. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, uh, I, I mean, not everybody needs to figure out PayPal. Sometimes you, if you just are, you know, really set in your ways, you could send someone a check in the mail. This <laughs> was my experience. And again, I'm very grateful for that. Uh, so I want to shout out my friend who, who wasn't into PayPal, more, more so for ethical purposes rather than just not being able to figure it out. Um, so we all have different things that, you know, little lines in the sand that we draw. And I, I'm never going to really admonish anyone for being a little bit of a Luddite. I would, I would consider myself a little bit of that. I, I adjust slowly to uh, adopting new technology and new systems. Um, when it's necessary, I will do it. Um, but I think that I want to see if it works first, and I, I want to see it tested uh, again and again. But again, you know, some of us, we need some people who are experimental. We need some people that are maybe less risk averse and kind of daredevils with some of these things or else we would never learn. All right. <laughs> Silent space is calculating the Arabic lot of cucumbers and melons to Dimphi. Yes. Yes. That's a good way to figure out how things are going to turn out in the garden, right? All these lots they had lots, which were distances between planets and kind of like uh, abstract points in the chart. And they had, they had all these lots for different commodities and a lot of cucumbers, melons, beans, lentils. And so, yeah, that's a great point and kind of funny. Um, Dawn says, I was watching Stormy Grace this week and heard your name. You affect many people in more ways than you ever know. That's interesting, Dawn. I, I'd like to hear more about what what Stormy was saying on her channel. I, I I like Stormy. She's just got a really nice positive energy and had a nice conversation with her um, a few years back with uh, talking about the planet. So you can probably find that if you search. I, I was guest on her channel kind of describing the seven traditional planets. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of missing um, meeting up with some of these friends at Norwalk this week. I think today is the first day of the Northwest Astrology Conference. And there's a few people that I, I would definitely like to see and catch up with. Overall, I'm sort of a, I'm sort of a hermit, and the energy of those conferences is overwhelming to me. And I think that if I had my druthers, I'd kind of stay home and pet my cats and spend time in my garden. But there are definitely a few people that uh, it would be nice to see. So I hope that they're having a good time connecting and um, yeah, support support people like Stormy on on their channels and things like that. Dawn says she was referring to a challenging aspect in her chart that you gave her a different perspective on. It reaffirmed for me why I like listening to you. Oh, that's really nice. And I'm, I'm happy I was able to help um, Stormy with that. And, and she's got a, yeah, she's got a really powerful Mercury on the top of her chart in Gemini. And, um, and we talked, yeah, we talked about a mutual reception, I think, that she had with um, Mars and, and Venus in her chart. But they were, I believe they were both in exile, and there was a really interesting way that they were helping one another. So I'm really, I'm really happy to hear that and that that she was able to find some some solace in, in our conversation. Again, she's a really nice lady and has been um, 
someone who's been very kind to me. Um, let's see. Oh, Carol's here. Mortal Mild. Nice to see you, friend. I've been in my garden debrambling. I hope you're still enjoying yours. Yeah. Yeah, if you want a progress update with the garden here, um, I've been watering a lot. Um, I have spread wildflower seeds in two areas in the back of my house. One of them is doing pretty well near the back fence. I'll probably, probably post some pictures of that. I, I have some repurposed concrete that was broken that I found in, in buried in the backyard, and I made a nice little path with it through that area so I can kind of step through there. I planted another series of wildflower seeds on a little island in the back of, there's like a parking lot in the back of my house. And um, that one's not doing quite as well. I don't know if the soil is different there, but what I do have coming in a week on June 3rd is a whole few flats of, of um, plugs that I will be filling in some of the gaps. So we st I started some stuff with wildflower seeds and um, I have some plugs to be able to fill in the gaps as well. And there's some other th really cool things that are coming up too. Like I have some red columbine that's looking really cool lately that I planted last year. Every sometimes things do a lot better in the second year. Um, the hostas are getting enormous. I've been watering a lot more than I did last year and the hostas are doing well. And I have some arbovitaes that really we, we should have been watering the whole entire time. I really wasn't quite aware that they needed as much water as they 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 seem to need in the beginning of their lifespan. And again, this is really the first year that I've uh, owned this property. So this is sort of a, a learning experience and I wasn't really responsible for the care of the landscaping on the property. So learning a lot as we go along. Okay, and I am enjoying the garden though. One of the things Carol, I'll say that is one of a simple pleasure that I really enjoy is when I've got the hose on shower mode, right? I have this little sprayer attachment that has a little you know, adjustable spraying attachment. And when I put it on the shower and it's sunny out and I'm watering and I can see a rainbow in the, the mist that comes off of the, off of the hose and off of the water that's going into the garden. That's just a really nice moment, just seeing that little rainbow coming and it's very peaceful and, and something that I've really been enjoying. So yes, I love hearing all these gardening stories here. Um, I had another student uh, that has been doing some gardening and sounds like it's really helping them find some peace in their life too. And it's just really inspiring to see people reconnecting with the earth and finding peace within that. All right. So I think this is kind of the, the gist of this full moon here as far as the 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 chart of the moment goes. I'm looking through my notes here. We've talked about the host being Jupiter and second, first decan of Taurus conjoining the North Node, but of course it's an aversion. We have a separating, that's one other thing I wanted to, to point out. There's going to be a separating aspect from Venus and Neptune. So there's going to be a trine, a Venus-Neptune trine that is happening shortly before this full moon. And it's in water signs. It's in the last decan of Cancer and, and Pisces, respectively. So I think that this is a really nice time to spend some time either watering your garden <laughs> like I did and find, seeing the rainbows or spending some time near water. This was some of the advice I had for the our animal, which 
uh, spoiler alert, it was the dragonfly again. Um, this is the, the animal I got for the new moon in Taurus. And again, I, I picked the same one um, just randomly. And a lot of the advice talked about spending time near water and fi finding a new vision and, and coming into alignment with both light, uh, which could be the fire element, and the water element. So, uh, you know, dragonflies encourage us to spend time in the sunshine near a body of water, um, recharging ourselves, finding balance between our intuitive and rational selves. Um, they are of both water and air, and they, they have that nice rainbow reflective quality to them. So again, again, this this could that could be one of the ways to really find a calmness and a peace of mind during this full moon is finding a a source of emotional balance, finding a water source. I, I, I have a running joke in my family. Every time we pass a lake or a river or an ocean, I, I would always say, you know what I just realized I, that I would love to live near water. And it was again, I said it so many times when we were traveling that um, it just became a running joke. And um, there are many different ways to connect with that. It could be just a small fountain or even like a bird bath or your hose in the backyard. It could be a little creek or a stream. It could be a river in your town or a lake or the ocean. However you connect, there are ways to do that. Um, Tony and I went for a really nice walk the other day after kind of a stressful weekend um, at a little, just a little place uh, off the beaten path and and there was a little stream and creek and and there was uh, all sorts of interesting things to see. Uh, we found some four leaf and a five leaf clover which was cool and just walked near the meandering creek for uh, for an hour or two and it really does put your mind at ease. It really does help you relax and find peace and again it doesn't have to be something dramatic. You don't have to find like a Hawaiian waterfall, although that would be amazing. I, I, I would love to see that someday. And there's some beautiful waterfalls in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan here, also. So that could, if you have something like that in your area, awesome. That can really be healing, but it doesn't have to be that dramatic to to have the the type of effect that we're looking at here. I would say also, with Venus and Neptune in a trine here in water sign, um, just be be careful about your uh, your your taste around this period of time. Venus in the third decan of Cancer speaks towards luxurious tastes. And um, sometimes we, it, when we have a contact with Neptune, we may be not being realistic about what we can and cannot afford. And I'm telling myself this in advance as I'm like looking at like potentially having to replace a vehicle. It's like, you got a lot of things come and do this summer, bud. Like I have a lot of things to fix on, the, on our house this summer. And I'm, I may have to practice frugality in like, you know, various areas of my life to be able to take care of all my responsibilities. So you may have to have a situation like that in your life where you may desire something fancy, okay, around this full moon, but you, you may have to really kind of buckle down and be practical if you have a lot of different things that are asking for your attention and for your planning. All right, so that's Venus trying Neptune. It's separating, though, by this full moon, so we should be starting to get more realistic around this period of time. The other thing I'll say is the moon is out of bounds during this full moon. Um, if I'm looking ahead from my own personal experience, on this full moon, this is the day I'm going to pick up 
all the flats of plants that I ordered a few months ago for our native pollinator habitat in our yard. And I think that my initial instinct is going to be like, I'm going to, I need to find places for all these plants right away. They need to be put in the ground. Oh my God. Uh, what are we waiting for? And I have to, you know, understand that there is a process that you go through and you need to pace yourself. And I'm saying that because when the moon is out of bounds, sometimes we can either overestimate or overdo physical things. And I've had some experiences early on with the garden this year where I got really fixated on bringing something to completion. Like I wanted to get all of the weeds out of this place, or I want to dig this entire space up, or I wanted to, you know, cut every single piece of dead wood with my chainsaw in the backyard. And, and I did that, but my body really suffered the next few days from that. And it probably would have been, it would have behooved me to pace myself a little bit better. So I, I also want you to maybe consider pacing yourself during this full moon experience also, because the moon might be pushing us to go beyond our physical limits. This is also true of the second decade of Sagittarius, where we we may push ourselves beyond um, what we have perceived as our physical limits. Uh, I, I'm thinking of really famous athletes that have this placement. Michael Jordan has the moon at 10 degrees of Sagittarius, and he also has the added benefit of having it close to the fixed star Antares, which talks about obsession. So this, this Deccan is really colored by the fixed star Antares, the heart of the scorpion, where we're so fixated on a goal. And for, in, in his case, he was fixated on winning to the point where he had some, some games where he was very, very ill. I'm thinking of the, the flu game in the finals. Um, I believe, was that against the Utah Jazz? I can't remember who he was playing, but he had a game where he had the flu or, or food poisoning or something like that. And he got out there and he like... <laughs> He went out like just looking just terrible and went out and scored like 45 points and will, willed them to victory and pushed his body like beyond its, its limit and probably needed an IV afterwards and all of these things, severely dehydrated, things like that. So, um, and I'm also considering uh, Giannis Adetokounmpo, who has the, the son in this decan of, of Sagittarius, and I've witnessed him push his body beyond any reasonable limit. Um, to will will his team to victory. I'm thinking of the, the year that they won the championship two years ago where he had a severe, severe knee hyperextension. His knee just buckled exactly the wrong direction and I was very nervous that he had torn something significant. He was, he was back within like a few days and a normal person would have, <laughs> would taken them, a, you know, months to come back from that. And he willed him to the championship. It was really impressive. And he has some lingering issues from that. Um, but I think that, again, when the moon's out of bounds, just be careful with your body. Okay. Um, so we, uh, I, I've covered Saturn in the overcoming square to the sun. So we're having to respect our limitations, uh, narrow down our options. Uh, I've talked about Mars just being past the, the bending of the nodes. Um, where we're we've had a critical juncture of having to maybe make a choice literally today as I'm recording this on what is the date today May 26th okay so the, we may be seeing the fallout from that of the choices that we've had to made make recently we've talked about Mercury conjoining Uranus at 20 degrees of, of Taurus the day after the uh, full moon 
where you have to be innovative about your solutions, about how you go about repairing something that may have broken down. And then we've also discussed Venus at the bending of the nodes shortly after and opposing um, Pluto and squaring Jupiter from, from roughly the 5th of, of uh, June to the 8th of June. So this is a time period where we probably going to be going through, again, similar challenges with the, the stubbornness that we saw with Mars going through that experience. But maybe Venus is trying to, to help. Maybe we, we've identified the conflict and now Venus is maybe trying to, to soften these things. We may be more attracted to putting ourselves out there and to competing. As we get further along the cycle, Venus is going to square Jupiter uh, on the 11th of June. And then the Sun is going to move into a square with Neptune as we move towards the new moon in the third decan of Gemini at 26 Gemini on the 18th. So again, it's really important to stay grounded during this lunar cycle, to stay realistic, to figure out which choices you need to make and which ones you can put on the back burner. The new moon in the third decan of Gemini, we may be overwhelmed with thoughts and choices and we just have to release some of those options okay like that's that decan is where we see the ten of swords where you got swords in someone's back basically like one of the twins has to be sacrificed so the other can live um so again that's what we're moving towards with this lunation okay so i'm going to check in with the chat here and then we'll maybe take this through the through the houses let me, I'll show you just a little bit of the decans of Sagittarius, give you a preview of that. Um, oh yeah, Dawn says, yes, it was her Mars and Venus as, in, in regards to, to Stormy. Yeah, Stormy has Mars and Libra and Venus and Aries, and they're in mutual reception, but they are both in exile. So, but, but again, there are ways to have what look might on the surface look like a very challenging aspect. But then if you look at it from a different perspective, like she and I talked about, that can completely unlock some things in your life sometimes. That's some of the beauty of astrology is just seeing things from a new perspective. So I appreciate you sharing that, Dawn. Um, Carol says, I killed my hosta. Oh, no. <laughs> Many My plants die with that cold winter, so I'll be planting more. Yeah, and that's that's just part of gardening. You know, sometimes things work and sometimes they don't. I have one area of my yard where I... I I seeded a bunch of wildflowers and it's doing really well. And I have another area of my yard that I seeded the exact same, you know, wildflower seeds and it's not doing as well. There's just different conditions, even just in uh, one particular ecosystem. And that's part of the learning process, right? It's just saying, well, if it's something doesn't work, try something else. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, still have to be careful with wildflowers, Dimpy says. I've spent afternoons last few weeks getting aster seedlings out from in between my strawberries. Difficult roots, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're um, hardy for a reason, right? So you gotta, gotta weed that garden too. Dawn says, Sagittarius has no limits. Didn't you know? Till Uranus sits in your sixth on Saturn for what feels like forever. Oh, Dawn. Yeah. I mean, everyone has their limits, right? I think sometimes it's the perspective of whether you respect them or not. Like I, I think that there are tough lessons for every sign. And sometimes for Sagittarius in particular, 
knowing when to say when and when enough is enough is a, is a tough lesson. Knowing what the true meaning of freedom is, um, is another, I think, tough Sagittarian lesson. I have found that freedom does not necessarily mean never having a responsibility. I have found that freedom, sometimes you feel more free when you appreciate the limits that you have in your life, when you, when you put down roots. I've worked with Sagittarian clients in the past that are really afraid to put down roots, even when they have enormous responsibilities. And a lot of times what we're working through with Sagittarius issues is it's okay to have a home base. It's okay to have uh, some place that is consistent. And you can find different ways to, to be free within that. On the flip side, like Gemini, always looking for novelty. Like both of those, those uh, signs are a, a, attracted to change. You know, Sagittarius is attracted to changes in their physical locations. Gemini is attracted to changes in their, their mindset, their ideas, their, you know, uh, pursuits. Um, I, I, my mom was a great example of this. She had a lot of changes in her youth and kind of blew up her life every once in a while. Every few years, she would kind of you know, get bored with something, quote unquote, and blow it up and have to pursue something else. And finally, she learned that that was hurting people and that that was destructive. And instead of doing that, she started gardening and she started decorating. And so she stayed in the same place, but she was coming into alignment with the changes that happened seasonally through nature, whether it was through expressing her creativity by decorating her house in a different way or remodeling certain parts of her house or through planting something new or moving something around or seeing how the, the, the plants change through the season helped her to, to understand the necessity of change without having to completely destroy everything. So this is an, a, a fixed, I'm sorry, this is a mutable sign lesson is how can you come into alignment with change while also respecting the things that are immutable in your life, the things that need to be consistent, the, the things that you are committed to in your life. Okay, Jeannie says, I have my son conjunct Saturn in the Sagittarius second, I know. And knowing that fixation is the issue gives me calm. I find that I really need a goal to work towards always. Thank you. That's a great observation, Jeannie. Um, Sagittarians do need something to work towards. And I'll give you an example of this. I've been, uh, you know, I'm a supporter of um, the Copics. You know that I'm a huge fan of Austin Copic and his work with the Deccans. And I'm also a huge fan of Caitlin's work with Sphere and Sundry and her magical products. Uh, we've learned a lot from, from both of them. And uh, I, I've sort of been amassing a little mini collection of some of the things that she offers in addition to using some of the things that my partner makes through Third Coast Mojo. And I've been working a little bit with Antares oil, which is, is of course, the fixed star in the second decan of Sagittarius. And what I've learned from just using that material materia in general is that if I'm going to wear that, I need to give it a job. I need to give it a goal to work on. I've been using it in my garden because I say, I want to achieve this. I want give me strength, Antares, to achieve this specific purpose today. I've also realized that if I don't give that energy a job, 
it's very destructive and you can you get like angry like you can get like really like bent out of shape you can get restless so if you're a sagittarius or you have sagittarian placements or you want to work with antares give it a job to do set yourself a goal and this is true for the first decade of sagittarius as well and my daughter is the moon there and i've talked about and austin talks about in his book 36 uh, faces if you don't give Sagittarius one a job to do, sometimes you can become a parasitic host for someone else's goals and dreams and hopes. This is also probably true of some of the other Sagittarian placements is when you don't choose the target, oftentimes other people will choose you to be the vehicle for their target and for their ambitions. And that can be frustrating for a Sagittarian person. I've, w I've witnessed this with my Sagittarius three um, partner who has the sun in that deck. And sometimes when she's drifting aimlessly someone will choose her and say you <laughs> you you are able to do, get things done do this thing for me and then then they turn into the, the 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 figure in the ten of wands that's carrying all the heavy burdens so just be careful of that give the energy somewhere to go during this full moon if you are just constantly trying to explore every single option at this full moon you're not in alignment with it pick one thing one particular goal and see if you can bring that to completion okay the other stuff will be there but try to and, and instead of picking something that is a distraction pick your highest priority you know tanya and i have been talking about this uh this concept of of time management where it talks about eating the frog this is a good time to eat the frog and what basically what that means is before you do the other things that are more pleasurable, do the hardest thing first and use your energy to do the hardest, the most difficult thing that you've been avoiding. And then the other stuff is going to start flowing from that. So this, this full moon, eat the frog. Find the, most, the, the, the thing that has been your highest priority that you know is going to move the needle and choose to put your energy into that. And the, the, the benefits are going to come, right? The benefits are going to come and, and pace yourself. Okay, Rome wasn't built in a day, but it fell in a day. <laughs> like, so that's, that's the irony of that, right? So it may take you a while to get where you're going, but like things can crumble overnight, and then you have to pick up the pieces and rebuild, and it takes time. Okay. Dimphi says, I have natal Venus in Cancer in the second on 26 degrees. All right, so be careful, Dimphy. Don't overdo it spending-wise with Venus-Neptune uh, trying during this uh, moon. Prudence is here. Hello, Prudence. Nice to see you, friend. Hope you're doing well. Callie at the beach says, I'm a Venus and Scorpio. Venus, I'm Scorpio in the 10th. Not the best, that's for sure. Well, you know, there are advantages and disadvantages of every single placement, Callie. And um, sometimes Venus and Scorpio will help you to see the beauty of decay. And the beauty of letting go and, you know, finding ways to uh, compost things can lead you to the liberation and freedom that you're looking for. Uh, Don says, I'm very rooted, and I think because of my Saturn. Yeah. You know, again, you can think of an archetype as one small piece of a much larger uh, blueprint that your life is printed on you know and oftentimes we won't necessarily fall into the cliched 
archetypal energy of a particular sign because there's other factors that are helping to balance those things out. So consider that also. And your rising sign could change things, you know, like your Saturn could change things, like all sorts of things. Pay particular attention to planets on the angles, though. The first, seventh, tenth, or fourth house, or near the ascendant, descendant, MC, and IC, because those can really color one's, one's life trajectory and personality. Don says, I think we are just attracted to newness to not be stale. You need a partner who can share that with you. I knew it at a young age. I travel a lot and go to the mountains to renew in the rivers. Oh, I like that, Don. I like that. Okay. Um, Ricara is here. Hello, Ricara. Nice to see you. Says Uranus, one degree, and Neptune, 25 degrees, both Sagittarius. Struggling over here. Well, hang in there, Ricara. I'm sorry that you're struggling right now. Um, yeah, the Neptune square is a difficult one with your natal Neptune square, Neptune and Pisces. That can feel pretty disorientating, but, but one day at a time, right? Try to, try to make a list of the pros and cons of the things that are going on in your life and find out which, the, which things are, are your true priorities. Focus on that for now. Mm, 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 mm. Silent space says they have the love spirit in Sag 1, relating to the things that we're speaking towards today. Tanya Gerardo is here. Hello, Tanya. Natal Neptune on Antares, seventh house. What you say is so true. Great advice. Thank you all. Thank you, Tanya. I'm glad that we're shedding some light on on what can be a challenging placement sometimes, right? And intensity is the energy of Antares. It's, a, it's obsession. And how do we have appropriate uh, intensity? Sometimes, like Michael Jordan, for example, his competitiveness was appropriate on the basketball court, but it got him into a lot of trouble on the golf course, right? When he was, you know, making bets with people and gambling. So he, he really had to learn how to maybe balance those energies out and find an appropriate outlet for that intensity. It probably wouldn't be as appropriate in an intimate relationship too. And, and um, I don't know what exactly what his personal life is like, but I know he's been divorced once or twice. And that might be part of it too, is when you don't have an outlet for that energy, it can, it can probably create problems in other areas of your life. Jeannie says, wow, not have a goal than other people using me for the vehicle for their dreams. That is so true. I have a stellium in Pisces, and that was so true for my life. I felt victimized after. Thank you. Well, Jeannie, there's, there's ways to reclaim that power, right? Um, sometimes just realizing that it's happening is a first good step. And then including yourself in the equation. This is something that, you know, is very difficult to do. And I've, had, I've struggled with this in the past, too, is... Um, oftentimes when we're sensitive and we want to be helpful, we, we give beyond what is healthy for us and being able to give from a place of centeredness and a place of abundance rather than from a place of lack. It, and, and when we give too much, we are creating a, a, a condition of lack in our life. We can be much more effective helpers when we take our own needs into account. Okay. Speaking of that, I think I need a stretch. So, all these are great comments. Keep them coming. So, let's stretch, get a drink, get a snack. And um, 
Here's your trigger warning if you have uh, challenges with eating sounds. Sometimes due to the length of this program, I just need to get some fuel. And I apologize if that's something that is annoying. But uh, so it goes. I'll just mute it. Um, what else? Do your stretches. Get a snack. Move your body. Take care of your body. Do me a huge favor, friends. Please like this video. Helps us to get the word out to more people. Subscribe to the channel. I've been seeing a lot of new subscribers on the email list. I really appreciate that. I've been putting some more time and creative energy into the email list lately. And it's become something where I've been doing the song of the of the week. This, this week's song of the week was uh, a tribute to Tina Turner, who, had, who passed in the middle of this week. It was uh, What's Love Got to Do With It, her number one hit off of the album Private Dancer um, that she released when she was 44 years old. And I thought that was really fascinating because um, Tina Turner was a Sagittarius One Sun and a, and a Gemini One Moon. And um, since we're going through the sun in the first decade of Gemini One here, uh, we're, we may be feeling a little bit of stuckness. And... Um, Tina Turner had a really beautiful, like, multi-generational appeal. She was a, a symbol of triumph over some very difficult circumstances. You know, if you aren't familiar with her story, she was in a very abusive relationship with her husband, Ike Turner, um, in the 60s and maybe into the 70s, and was able to escape that abusive relationship and, and really find a, a sense of freedom and, and a sense of just... I don't know, but she was just allowed to be herself finally. And I thought that was really inspiring. She's also a Leo rising and you could tell with her, you know, mane, <laughs> her eighties, you know, hairsprayed mane. I, I just, I love Tina Turner and that. She was part of my, my youth growing up. Like she was becoming very popular when I was just starting to understand what music was. And, and the eighties Tina Turner was part of my formative experience. And yeah, Dawn says she was an absolute force. She was. She was a force of nature, and I just really appreciate her, and, and I'm sad that she's gone, but she she definitely had a life well-lived. So that's a long way of saying, if you want to get a little bit of uh, information about music and astrology and see some of these musicians' charts, sign up for the email list, and I usually send that out about once a week, and I've been carefully trying to curate that and make connections with the astrology and it's fun. It's a nice, it's a nice uh, way to honor the um, creative part of myself as well. Okay, I'm just looking through the chat here, getting caught up on some of your awesome comments. Yeah, Lisa says, yep, great advice. I have Jupiter and Sagittarius. I definitely give it away if I don't give it a focus in my own life. I mean, that's common. There's a generosity to Sagittarius, and there's nothing wrong with giving away some energy, but within reason, right? You need to hold back something for yourself so that you have more to give. It's that goose, golden egg type of thing, right? Where you're not giving away the goose. you got to take care of the goose so you can keep, keep being generous and, and magnanimous in spirit and not burn yourself out, right? 
Okay, so many great comments, so many great comments. Hey, Ellis J is here. <laughs> I hear frog legs, tastes like chicken. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever had frog legs. Um, I'd be curious to try, I'd be curious to try. Eat the frog, right? Nanda Devi is here. Hello, Nanda Devi, nice to see you, friend. Um, you're welcome, Makara. I hope this is helping you today. And, and you're helping each other today, I love it. Michelle says, I love Tina Turner, too, and I'm sad to see that she passed. She, she was, she just had a really positive, inspiring energy to her. I mean, I know that, you know, not everybody's going to have the same taste in music and things like that, but I think that there are certain artists that transcend, you know, different genres and things like that, and just her, her story and her energy and her perseverance is something that, that made her a little bit more of a musician and more of a legend. And, and an icon, right? She was a, a feminist icon as well. And just, just a really, I don't know, I'm sad that she's gone. And that, that kind of, that one hit me kind of hard. Like a, there was a, there was a year recently, I think it was 2016. I think it was before the election in 2016, where we lost all these musicians like Prince, George Michael, uh, Princess Leia, like, <laughs> like Carrie Fisher. Um, like, like half the entertainment industry just passed away in the same year. And, there was a lot of, you know, folks in there that I grew up listening to. And um, that's one thing in, that's interesting about getting further along in life is a lot of times when people pass, oftentimes it's kind of, you know, when you're younger and they're older folks, they're, you don't have a lot of connection with them. You didn't grow up with them. They weren't really a part of your experience. And it's, there's a disconnect between it, but you start to get further along in life. And then some of these people that did have a huge effect on you, like it becomes more personal and that's what I've been starting to experience lately with some of these people passing on is, wow, I was like, wow, that, I, I really had an experience of that. That person really moved me. And that, that's definitely a different, um, it's a different stage of life when you're starting to experience that. So yeah, honoring their memory though is a great, great way to do that. I've been listening to Tina Turner for the last two days. In a row. I like uh, that, her song from um, Mad Max too. We don't need another here. Oh, right. That's a great one. Uh, Beyond the Thunderdome. <laughs> There's a joke in our house. Uh, Tanya loves to impersonate Tina Turner from that movie. And she's, sometimes she'll call me, come here, raggedy man. <laughs> this is a line from that Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. So funny. Um, let's see. Let's see. Dimphy says, a nice your garden, Tanya, will be able to make her own homegrown essential oils and hydrosols. Yeah, yeah, that's something that that uh, we're definitely taking into consideration when we're when we're planting. Is is will these be able to be infused into the the Third Coast Mojo products and things like that? So it's uh, there's all sorts of benefits to getting out in nature and doing doing getting your hands dirty. All right. Yeah, Kobabs is here. It's talking about has Venus and Saturn in the twelfth with Sagittarius need to learn self care first. Yep, I mean it's 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 a it's a tough lesson to learn, especially when we're when we're trained from young age to to give and to sacrifice. And there's nothing wrong with sacrifice. Let me just let me make that clear. Like there is something honorable about sacrificing and doing things for other people, but again, it's balance. And if you're giving beyond what is healthy for you. You're not, our, the ability to help is diminished. 
Beth says, I appreciate the newsletter and all the effort you put into the show and newsletter. Well, thanks, Beth. I appreciate you. Uh, that that is a uh, that's inspiring. I, I love that people are getting some benefit out of it. Nanda Devi says, simply the best keeps running through my head. Yeah, that was a good one too. I, it, that was what I said in the newsletter. I was like, it's so hard to pick something because she had so many great tunes. Like that was something I considered also. I just, I feel like that one was one that had a huge effect on me when I was a young person. Um, I was like about four or five years old when that came out, the, the what's love got to do with it. And I remember that video. I, I Her hair was just, it, it loomed so large as, as a Leo rising, like the the main um, so that's part of the reason I, I chose that. And, and that song really does speak to releasing yourself from bondage, releasing yourself from the feeling of being stuck in an abusive situation and, and, and feeling empowered through that. So yeah, there's so many great tunes though. Okay. So let's, let me look at my notes here and see if there's some, anything else I forgot about with this full moon, and then we'll take it through the houses briefly here. Uh, so I wrote down split in many different directions, G- Gemini 2, the sun, um, reunite to achieve, uh, competing interests, but a need to unify body and spirit, pulling it all together to achieve a singular goal. Excuse me, focusing on the target, testing your metal to overcome, maintaining openness and curiosity while still moving towards your highest priority. That, that's important. So when we are dealing with a full moon, we do have to kind of honor the energy of the sun, not just the energy of the moon, but the energy of the sun as well. Oftentimes when we have oppositions, we think we have to solve the riddle, but sometimes we have to allow for the the paradox to to happen. So we do have to stay curious. We do have to stay uh, asking questions um, while also maybe focusing on a singular goal. Maybe to achieve the goal, we need to have the flexibility of Gemini. Right? We need to understand that there are going to be times where our energy is split in a lot of different directions. So sometimes doing both simultaneously is, is important. Um, T. Susan Chang in her book, 36 Secrets, talks about the transition from Sagittarius 1, 2, and 3 as the arrow in the first second, the strength of the archer or the bow in the second decan, and then finally the arrow hitting the target in the third decan. So we're at this this place in this full moon where we have this, the strength of the archer, the, the tensile strength to pull that very taut string back and be able to focus our aim on something so that we can leap into action to hit our preferred target. Um, temperance was something I wanted to talk about. So here is, here is the two cards of Gemini, okay, with the, the lovers. And then temperance being the card of Sagittarius. So the lovers often talks about an ethical choice that we are facing. Okay. The splitting of attention with the the Garden of Eden, if you uh, want to lean on that particular mythological system. The biting into the apple and splitting of attention into, into multiple directions. The awareness of dualities, right? And with Sagittarius, we're trying to take all of those elements that we are now aware of and blend them together in an achemical mixture like you see here. I believe this is Archangel Michael, okay, and the element of fire. And they talk about rainbows in this and the blending of air and water here in this card sometimes also. Um, Sometimes you'll see different tarots that'll use a, um, a rainbow in this card. 
Okay, but it's this mixture, it's this blending, it's trying to get the right mix so that we can achieve the goal. So instead of just getting focused on the disparate elements during this full moon, think about how you can blend those things into, into different parts. I also want to give a shout out to Nanda Devi for, you know, get, getting me hip to the Mushroom Hunters Tarot. This is something we've been talking a lot about this in our class, um, the Flowering Wand, the Guided Group Study class talk a lot about mycelium and mushrooms and she showed me this deck and I had to get it because I thought it was really cool you could see that it's very similar to the Rider Waite tarot but it's it's using the imagery of mushrooms and here's like the fool it's got the little puffball mushrooms it's really beautiful I really like it it's from Joe Buckley created by Joe Buckley so let's 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 pull out the two cards for this full moon or maybe well, we'll see we'll pull out the two cards maybe even look at the temperance card here a second i'm still learning what this deck is all about and what it is trying to teach me so i'll have to oh man so many so many amazing things here okay so that's number six so here's the lovers the lovers look like what are those, bluets maybe? And then we've got what looks like a conch or a shelf. I mean, they look sort of like reishi and temperance. All right. And then we've got these bluets, I think. They're purple mushrooms in the lover's card. It's pretty cool. You know, my partner pointed out as well that Pamela Coleman-Smith and that Rider Waite deck just really was such a monumental work, right? It was something that, you know, all of these decks are inspired by now. And um, they're just kind of building off of that on some level. It's just really fascinating. That's why I really like that Rider Waite deck and just I tend to stick with it because there's so much esoteric information that's built into it. Now, I haven't had a chance to sit down with the, the guidebook for this yet, but here's our... Here's our, uh, oh, that's the eight. Nope, sorry. This is why I gotta. <laughs> sorry, friends. I pulled out the wrong card. There's the nine. Okay, so here's our nine of swords. Okay. And here's our nine. These are shaggy manes. It's pretty cool. I'm not sure what these are called. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they look great. Um, Nanda Devi. The Fool card is super cool with the, with the um, what are these called? Yeah, the spores going off into the rose. These are little puffballs, mini puffball. Uh, really neat. Really excited about it. So check that out. The Mushroom Tarot, Mushroom Hunter's Tarot by Joe Buckley. And thank you, Nanda Devi, for that um, recommendation. Okay. Callie at the Beach says, what Astro software do you use? Is something you could walk through on how you use it. Um, I use Astro Gold, which is um, sort of a version, a Mac version of Solar Fire, but not really. Uh, I love it. It's a great program. I did, I do have a few, I have maybe one or two videos where I've walked through how to use it a little bit with at least with the Deccan term wheels on my channel, but I could be convinced to do something like that um, potentially. There are a lot of training videos for Astro Gold from the company itself online also. 
Um, so you can find that, but I'd be happy to work work through it with you. Either maybe we do something like this on the channel, or if you want to reach out and, and book like a training session, I'd be happy to do that. I've done that for folks as well. Um, Bella is here. Hello, Bella. Yeah, Dawn's got an awesome soundtrack running through your head right now. Good, good. Hopefully some Tina Turner. <laughs> All right. Carolina Zerpa is here. Hello, Carolina. Carolina. Uh, fellow Leo Rising here in second deck in Gemini Sun. Love Tina too. Yeah, we lost a great one, didn't we? Beth says, I am debating which of T. Susan Chang's books she has, Tarot. You can't really go wrong with Susie's books there, friend. Um, I have what I think are all of them. I have Tarot Deciphered, Tarot Correspondences, The Living Tarot, and 36 Secrets. If you're into the Deccans, 36 Secrets is an awesome book. I like Tarot Deciphered as a... It, it is basically the uh, the amalgamation of all of her Fortune's Wheelhouse discussions with M.M. Maline. Tarot Correspondences is a little bit more like... There's a lot more charts and graphs in it. Um so I don't know. The Living Tarot, the new book she has is more of a workbook style about how to learn tarot. And it's it's less, slightly less of the esoteric parts and more of like, here's how to do a spread and here's some questions to ask yourself. And it's it's valuable. It's, there's a lot of good information in it. Um, but it I think it's more complementary to some of her other works rather than just a standalone. So there's sort of my review on <laughs> some of her stuff. She's awesome though. She's probably my favorite. My favorite tarot teacher for sure. Mm, silent spaces. Jupiter's quality in an earth sign brings temperance to mind. Its mutual reception by exaltation with the moon, though in aversion, might require extra attention to the theme of temperance. Okay. So that's a good point, silent space. Let's take a look at this again real quick. Um, and yeah, people are also thumbsing up an astral gold tutorial. I love the ideas, and a lot of these ideas are kicking around in my brain, friends. I'm, I'm totally, I'm hearing you with all of these things. Um, at this point, what I'm trying to do is, I'm trying to keep it together with some of the things that I've, you know, had going, and trying to work through some things on the home front with like, you know, car, the house, the garden. Um, I've got to do a lot of repairs this summer, so. I'm, I'm being conservative about new offerings that I'm putting out that will require a huge outpouring of attention and energy because I know myself and I get a little bit of like that Antares obsession. It's, it's hard for me to do something um, without pouring a ton of energy into it. So when I commit to something, I really commit to it. So I, I've been very careful about not overcommitting myself so that I can continue to do the things that I'm doing well. But I feel, for those of you who are curious, I feel that I've got Jupiter hitting my midheaven in mid to late August. So I think that if you give me some time and some space to figure some stuff out, I think there's some new expansive offerings coming um, for the fall. I usually launch some new things towards the fall energy. Um, so, so keep your eyes peeled for that, and, and I appreciate your patience with that too. 
Genius says, I collect all T. Susan Chang's books and ordered her newest one after Spencer told us about on this channel. Oh, good. I'm glad I got Susie another sale. <laughs> and Kelly says, no pressure, Spencer. We're just planting seeds. We understand it takes time. It might take quite a few seasons to bear fruit. Amen. And thank you, friend, for that. Um, you know, you're talking to a Taurus moon here who, um, I, slow. I, again, I, I, I try to plant seeds that I can sustain over time, right? And um, I appreciate that, that patience, and I appreciate that. And I'm learning that not every season we have to plant every single seed. Like, this is something that I'm learning with my garden, is I had a vision for transforming the entire yard to pollinator habitat. And I, there's about a quarter acre here, um, and that's not going to happen. Um, I have two spaces in the back that are probably going to be converted this year, and then there's like three or four other spaces, you know, in the front yard is not going to happen because I don't want to tear that up this summer and then leave it torn up. So planning out multiple seasons and, and pacing yourself, super important. And sometimes you have to pare back the vision so that you can do one thing really well. Again, this is the Gemini Sagittarius energy, isn't it? Okay. I do think that there's going to be a new guided group study coming up in end of June early July. Um, I was thinking about primary directions. I know people were asking me about that. I have a primary directions book that I really think would be fun. But maybe we shift gears and do a tarot book. I'm trying to decide between tarot primary directions, or maybe even the secrets of the Rider Waite tarot, uh, which I find is a really cool book. Let me know in the chat what you think it would be you'd be interested in. I have to put that together pretty pretty soon here. So if there's something that you're like, we have to do this, we'll get it together and we'll we'll figure it out. Or if you want to take a break for the summer, <laughs> that might be in the cards too. We'll see. Spencer needs a vacation. Okay, so let's let's do this. Let's uh, take this full moon through the houses, and I'll try to do my best to um, break it down for you via your rising sign okay and then we'll go about our business so many great chats and discussions and really enjoy interacting with you this is one of my things that i really love about this channel and this this format is the interaction that we get to have yeah kelly says i vote secrets it's a cool book it's a really cool book although don't sleep on primary directions friends it is a super powerful technique um, that I have been using more in client work that is pretty cool. But again, yeah, the secrets of the, of the Rider Waite Tarot is something that's on my list that I would like to read uh, with a group. Uh, Jeannie is asking, does the fixed star on Sag 2nd, the one Michael Jordan has, does it need a goal that stems from one's own authority or will otherworldly goal do? Okay, so Jeannie, Michael Jordan is a cancer rising with the moon at 10 degrees of Sagittarius, uh, in, so on Antares, which is a royal fixed star, right? Um, does it need a goal that stems from one owns authority or will an otherworldly goal do? I think you can, I think if you apply it to something that is spiritual, that can work. It doesn't have to be a physical goal, I think, if, if that's what you're asking. It doesn't necessarily also have to be like you are 
a leader necessarily. I don't know if, if Sagittarius is, is fixated on being like the boss or the leadership. It's more about authenticity and truth. Um, and, and that can definitely be a spiritual passion or something of that nature. I will also point out that part of Michael Jordan's appeal, and I just watched this movie called Air on um, Amazon Prime or Apple TV. I can't remember what the hell. There's so many stupid streaming services now that talked about him getting signed by Nike in a shoe deal. And If you're into that kind of thing, you'll probably find it interesting. But my partner sat that one out. She's like, I'm going to watch a two-hour commercial for Nike. <laughs> but it was Matt Damon and, like, you know, who's that other guy that he's always with? <laughs> ben Affleck. Um, and it, it had its moments. But you have to be a super uber basketball slash uh, shoe fan if you're going to watch that movie. But my point being is that Michael was special. And he also part of the otherworldly quality that Michael Jordan had was having Jupiter on the midheaven in the ninth house in Pisces. It doesn't get much more like otherworldly, like projection of larger than life than that. So not only did he have his ascendant ruler on Antares, he had Jupiter and Pisces on the midheaven in the ninth house. Like, man, that guy, he had a crazy, interesting chart. He had some other challenges in his chart too. He had Sun and Aquarius, and um, he had some other stuff in his chart that led to some very difficult experiences. Like his father was was murdered. Um, he had a serious gambling challenge that he went through. Um, he actually left the sport that he was the best in the world or the best ever at, and played baseball for two years, and <laughs> returned to the sport and won three more championships. It's, it's a crazy story. Um, but yes, I hope that answers your question, Jeannie. It does not necessarily have to be a physical goal or an authoritative goal. It can be, it can be a spiritual goal. Yes. Um, Beth says the best time to remove turf year up grasses after the last frost, the soil is soft and crumbly and sweet. I like to think I'm helping the bugs escape. And after a few warm days, the roots start to wake. Yeah. I've, I've been looking into how to do that. I, I have, there's a lot of turf that needs to be removed in my yard beth and i just i actually found a tiller that someone was trying to get rid of that i need to fix up and that might be something for next year i'm just again i'm trying to pace myself dimphy is asking which book on primary directions i believe the author is martin ganston i saw nathan craddock do a talk on on that book and i thought it was interesting i will admit i have not engaged with the book yet i i, I have so many books that i've ordered that I just, part of the reason I do the book club sometimes is to force myself to engage with it in the way that I need to due to having an accountability to do it, right? Um, oftentimes we, we prepare differently, we read differently, we take notes differently when we feel we have a responsibility to an audience to teach it to them. So I put myself in situations like that so that I know that I have to engage with this and know it inside and out to be able to teach it and share it and guide others through it. Um, so, you know, this is why I love doing this with, with people, this, this guided group study. They're really just like little mini master classes. And sometimes there's a little element of some group sharing and we look at each other's charts and we really try to teach the concepts of the book through our charts as well. 
it's been a really nice group this this semester. I'm really really happy with how it's going. Uh, Jeannie says, I love sports, baseball, nerd rather than basketball, but that movie was on my radar too. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah, it, it has it has moments, Jeannie. Um it's it was it has moments. It was it was pretty good. Um I thought that Ben Affleck and and um what's his name? Matt Damon, you know, had a nice chemistry and did a good job. It also has uh Jason Bateman in it, who I really like. I, I really like Jason Bateman. He's an he's a Leo Rising Capricorn son. I just like his energy. I'll watch pretty much anything that he's in. Okay, let's start looking at this through the houses. What do you say? Let me grab my... We are doing so well here today, friends. I think we're going to get in, about maybe depending on how long I go with this, maybe the two and a half hour mark. And I don't mind the marathon sessions. Um, but I think that today I'm trying to conserve a little bit of energy for the end of the day. And when we go for four hours, it's just completely just blasts me out. And I'm pretty much done on doing anything else for the rest of the day. Okay. I also have to go pick up my <laughs> I also have to go pick up my partner from work. Uh, because the car is still not we haven't figured out the car thing yet. So here we have Aries rising and uh, Aries rising, excuse me for a second. Thanks Beth. Thanks for, you, you've got the Saturnian limits clock in your head. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Nanda Devi says the group study is awesome. Can't recommend it enough. Yeah, yeah and Nanda Devi is an amazing contributor. She's been I think in all of them that we've done so far, at least the last two, um, and has a lot of great thoughts and contributions and just really excited to have such smart people um, sharing that as well. Yeah, Beth, you did miss a great book. It, it, it was, I know you're going through stuff right now. Says Beth says, I was, uh, I'm sad I missed this book. It sounds so great. Um, you would have loved this one, Beth, and I, I, I totally understand that you're going through your own super, super challenging transition right now. Um, but man, pick it up and uh, it'll be there for you. All right, Aries rising. So this full moon is happening in your third and ninth house. So what we'll do is we'll kind of just look at where some of the concentrated energy is where some of the real challenges are. <laughs> There's so many things I could circle. And we'll kind of figure out the deal here. So some tension between your daily habits and routines, uh, a learning process versus your belief systems, something where you're going to have to unify maybe to take a trip or something, a long distance journey versus a short distance one. There may be a, a, a desire or a need for solitude, Aries rising, where you are really struggling with, you know, meeting the needs of the social requirements that are coming up for you. And that Saturn in the, in the 12th house is probably making it very difficult to, to really feel relaxed with the sociability. Um, there's probably a lot of financial questions that are coming up with Jupiter and Mercury uh, and the North Node and Uranus all hanging out in your second house. Um, and it's important to 
stay true to your beliefs. Stay true to your guiding light, Aries rising. Uh, you've got Mars right now in your fifth house, so there's a lot of energy probably being directed either towards some of your own creative energy, or there might be some challenges with like you know people that rely on you, like children or something like that, where where there could be some conflicts that are coming up. Take solace in the fact that Venus is about to move into the fifth and and about to kind of start helping uh, Mars out and in that big T-square that you're going through. So you get some relief from Venus, although there will start to be some tension with Venus moving into a T-square with Pluto and Jupiter. So um, just be careful with overspending. Uh, if you have kids, you know, try not to spend too much money on them. Help them learn how to take care of themselves because you might need some of these resources for yourself moving forward as well. It's good good time to make plans of how to support yourself, right? Keep some of that energy for yourself. Okay. Let's go to Taurus Rising. I'm just looking in on the chat here. I'll look at the chat after each rising sign here. Uh, now Debbie says, it's easy to be active with such a great group of people to support and exchange with. Yeah, and they are supportive. Yeah. Well, yeah, to support. Yeah, I mean, we're all supporting each other in that group. I mean, I think that's the thing. Like, there's there's some serious things that come up that we're dealing with that a lot of themes with this book in particular that we've been talking about are really intense themes. That a lot of uh, questioning of social systems and, and, you know, how do we work in a modern society? How do we change the the mythological narratives that shape our lives? Those are heavy themes and, and emotions come up during that as well. And and consider when we are doing these books, we're all living the current astrology together too. So if you if the last few weeks have been challenging, imagine going through that with a group and like discussing that and and all of those things as well. So that's also part of the, the story. Tim V says, oh, yeah, over here it is 10 to 9 at night. Won't be able to do a lot more. Pace myself and look into Antares. Well, Dimphi, thank you for joining us for the amount that you were able to do. Sorry, European friends, for um, not being able to go a little earlier here. But, yeah, catch it catch it on the replay and and uh, check in with your rising sign, Dimphi, and good luck with your garden. All right, Taurus Risings. Talking to you, Beth. <laughs> Like, I know we have a few other Taurus Risings. Beth, my friend Monique. Um, my friend Monique's at Norwalk right now, having her first conference experience, and I hope that she's doing well. And she's getting a peek behind the curtain of Astro, Astro Land. <laughs> it's, it can be a little overwhelming, I imagine. I was overwhelmed at my first conference, which was UAC, <laughs> United Astrology Conference, which is literally the biggest astrology conference in the world. Um, so, of course, it was overwhelming. But uh, if you ever go to one of those things, just realize you just can't do everything and just try to do as much as you can and try to create a, a, a few quality interactions with people rather than feeling like you have to meet every single person that's there. That, that was my approach. And that, that put me in good, uh, a good position moving forward to, to just making some really great lifelong friends. Okay. Taurus rising. You have uh, this um, lunation, this full moon in your second house and your eighth house. So, you're probably seeing a lot of options and splitting of attention in the in the way that you support yourself 
and in, with your own resources. You've got a huge stellium in Taurus in your first house with Jupiter, Mercury, and Uranus, and the North Node really challenging you to expand your own sense of self, your own ability to support yourself, your own center, your own peace of mind. Um, there could be something that's coming to a head around your sharing of resources, like things that you own with somebody else. So you're going to have to, to have courage and unify in a way that will help you to get over the, the hump with the, the eighth house issues, all right, as far as like joint resources and things like that. Um, you may have to have some tough conversations with a partner as far as who's, who has what and who gets what, um, especially with Mars moving through your fourth house as well. There could be some changes in your living situation um, or some conflicts potentially as well. But Venus is coming to your fourth house to start maybe hopefully uh, smoothing the waters over. Just another thing to think about is that Venus moving into, to into Leo, excuse me, it's going to be in Leo for much longer than normal because of Venus's retrograde starting on July 22nd. Um, and then it doesn't move forward again until like September 3rd or 4th. Uh, some of the things that you are trying to bring into harmony and bring together will be up for review later on in the year. So pay attention to wherever that Leo house is, friends, and recognize that there may be some things that you have to, to, to revisit. And also that there may be some hills that you want to um, not die on, right? That third decan of, of Leo where Venus is stationing retrograde, it's all about which hill do you <laughs> which hill do you want to die on? And I've had to learn this the hard way being a Leo three rising sign is there's some that I just need to let go. There's other things that are worth fighting for. And there are other things where it just isn't worth it. All right, take care, Dimphy. We'll see you the next time. Okay, so that is Taurus rising. And just briefly, too, Saturn in the 11th could be there's either endings with friendships or where there's some, some reevaluation of the groups that you're a part of. You know, I'm only imagining our friend Beth, who's going through a life transition with her divorce and moving. And sometimes when you end a marriage, you have to, like, deal with... Uh, which which of your friends can you still be friends with? You know that that is a, a a question that comes up. What community is going to support you now? If you had friends that were either mutual friends or friends that were mo mostly through your significant other, that could be something that could be a question on our minds as well. With uh, Saturn in the eleventh house, if you're going through the the shifts and the changes and the challenges of of change, so hang in there, Taurus risings. You you've been going through a lot lately or all these Taurus friends with Uranus and all this and that but really if you if you shake up the routine and you flow with the changes I think that you'll find that life will will catch you and will support you okay let's talk about Gemini rising so Gemini rising Excuse me. Gemini rising is our first angular full moon for this particular lunation. And as I've been speaking towards, whenever there's a full moon in your angular house, first, seventh, fourth, or tenth, 
you're probably going to feel it a little bit more personally. So Gemini Risings are naturally explorers. They're naturally people that that have a lot of thoughts about things and maybe have some anxieties about different options and being able to explore the world mentally. And they may be attracted to partners that, that help them to unify those those ideas into something achievable that, that learn through experience rather than through maybe more rational self. And so this might be, there might be some tension between your desire for novelty, your desire for exploration, and the need really to bring something together with a partner and to unify maybe together towards a common goal. Um, Saturn is in your 10th house, bringing you a lot of responsibilities and changes and uh, internal reevaluations of the, the mythologies that shape your life and your career in particular and in the way that you present to the world. So that could also be li a limiting factor and feel a little bit heavy. Anytime Saturn's in an angular house, that feels extra heavy too. Gemini risings are asking themselves, well, who do I want to be in the world? And is this really serving me or isn't it? So there's a lot of that going on. You also have a stack up uh, in the 12th house in Taurus. So there's a, a, real, um, a real need for solitude, a real need to explore just relaxation, getting away from the world, um, not pushing yourself too hard. You know, that, that's one of the things that Gemini, Gemini people tend to do, and both Gemini and Sagittarius. Sagittarius will push their bodies to the limits. Gemini's will push their minds to the limits. And that can, both of those things can lead to burnout. So I think that both Gemini and Sag Risings, you know, need to, to pace themselves. And Gemini Risings in particular um, need to kind of go with the flow at this, this lunation. Um, be flexible. If someone has a good idea, a partner has a good idea about how to achieve a goal, you know, maybe put some of the other projects on the back burner for now. You know, allow life to to guide you. I think that's what the the saving grace is with all those twelve those planets. Is how do you surrender to what life is trying to teach you right now? And if you're having a conflict with a sibling or something with Mars in the third. Venus is coming to, to, to try to help, um, but there may be something up for review or a neighbor or an extended family member or something of that nature. Okay. Let's go. Let's go to the next one. Here is... Actually, where did they go? Where did our Cancer Risings go? There it is. There's one more. Okay. So Cancer Rising. I'm just looking at the chat here. Prudence says, Gemini Rising, trying to learn pacing and practice radical acceptance. Very tired. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not easy. It's not easy for anyone to practice ra radical acceptance, to be honest, but especially difficult if you have Gemini placements where sort of the monkey mind keeps you know, barking away in the background. Like that's, that's tough. I, I experienced this with, um, with a Venus in Gemini sometimes and with, with other, I have Virgo placements also. Um, I think that all Mercury, Mercury ruled planets and signs sometimes will have difficulty quieting the mind. Um, Virgo tends to worry about the future and whether they've done something correctly. And 
Gemini is worried that they're going to miss out on something if they make a choice. And that's, <laughs> it's a, I don't know, but it's, it's a, you know, it's life. It's life. But anyway, hang in there, Prudence. You got this. So cancer rising, cancer rising. This is a, it's fascinating. This is a 12th house, 6th house full moon. And you may be feeling pretty tired, Cancer Rising. You, you've had a lot going on this year with, um, you know, your 10th house ruler, Mars, was in your first for a period of time. That's probably exhausting. You just went through some domestic challenges and separations, potentially. Um, you had eclipses over your 10th and 4th, I'm, I'm sorry, that you will have coming over your 10th and 4th house with the, the nodes moving. Um, you got Venus in the 1st right now, which is, is positive. Uh, I think that this, there is a pull towards wanting to retreat, but there is some hard work ahead of you, Cancer Rising. Um, with the full moon in the sixth house, there's probably going to be some tasks that you don't really want to do, but you have to pull it together to get get it done. And the moon is the ruler of your ascendant, so this is this is again this is like Michael Jordan's chart, right? Cancer rising, moon in the second decan of of Sagittarius. So think about how hard MJ worked to win those six championships. He he did just did not take no for an answer. So if if you are a Cancer rising. It's important for you now to really unify body, heart, and mind to achieve some particular goal. And this could be a very personal goal to you since it's the ruler of your first house. Now, Saturn in your ninth is causing you to question your beliefs, question the, um, the, the way that you shaped your, your life around your belief system. And that could feel a little overwhelming right? Like where sometimes we have a lack of faith with Saturn in the ninth house, or our faith is being restructured on some level. So be gentle with yourself during that process. There's a stellium in your 11th house. Lean on your friends. Like this is a great time for Cancer Risings to lean on their support system, lean on their community that they, you know, have built up, right? You have Venus in your first house right now. Your friends are coming to your aid. Like that is something to, to keep in mind is if you're going through a difficult transition, Cancer Rising, you've built up these friendships by being kind, by having a supportive community, hopefully, depending on other factors in your chart. But now's the time to expand that and to expand the way that you maybe ask for help. A lot of times it's hard for, to ask for help, but, but really asking the questions about feeling supported from your group and your community may help you get through this period of time. But again, don't push yourself too hard because with the sun in the 12th house, your, your energy is already feeling, it's already waning, right? And if you try to work and push your body too hard, you could end up having an injury or an illness that will, will knock you out. So just, again, pace yourself. And thank you, Jeannie, for the super sticker. I love this noob. <laughs> it was a, am, am I a noob? <laughs> it's funny. Um, I don't I remember. There's this quote. I'm like, I don't know if you, that means what you think it means. <laughs> um, 
it's funny. I love I love this little controller face. It's fun. There's it's a little like uh like Nintendo controller. It's funny. So that is Cancer Rising. I'm gonna look through the chat here. Uh Steven's back. Nice to see you, Steven. Robert's a cancer rising. So hopefully that some of that resonated with you, Robert. Let us know in the chat if you've been going through some challenging experiences where you felt a desire to just retreat, but there's something that's pulling you into some hard work lately. Um, and maybe some financial questions as well. The Venus is coming to, to hopefully support you in that. Um, I always love hearing people's lived experience of this. Mm. <laughs> oh, Stephen, you're fun. Steven says, I just wanted to share that 14 years ago today, a memory on my Facebook came up when I swam with dolphins. Well, that's nice, Steven. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a fun memory. Um, I have not swam with dolphins, but I did get to pet one at like this thing in Florida a long time ago when I was like, I think I was something like 11 years old. My mom used to spend some time in the Florida Keys and and we went down and I got to pet a dolphin. It was kind of fun. Um, in hindsight, I'm, I, I really, I question how those animals, the quality of their life, but I think a lot of them are probably injured. So they need to be taken care of, I think. All right. Silent space. Take care, friend. Good to see you. Tarya T is a cancer rising. Hopefully it resonated with you. Ah, and, and Robert says, thank you. Advice well taken on the cancer rising front. Oh, good. I'm glad that it that it resonated, Robert. LSJ says, may I ask what aspects mean hard work for the crabs? Are you a cancer rising, LSJ? Um, I would say that you've had Mars going through your first house. I mean, this is something that always like challenges us to work and to deal with, with uh, conflicts that come up. But as far as the the hard work aspects, I'm connecting that with the sixth house, the full moon in the sixth house, where sixth house is oftentimes work that we need to do to bring something to completion that we don't feel like we get a lot of credit for, um, where we may be feeling like we're, you know, in servitude to something as well. In the ancient astrology, the sixth house was associated with slaves and like with, you know, dealing with those types of relationships. We've changed it due to our modern sensibilities and our modern abilities, but I think oftentimes when people have placements in the sixth house, it could feel like we are uh, bound to something in our life that feels overwhelming, but it, it requires a lot of work to move through. Remember, the sixth house is also the house of injury and illness, so be careful of pushing yourself too hard. The sixth house also is the cadent house related to the seventh, that is pulling us away from a sense of completion. So that may feel like you're just not able to, to bring something to completion that you like right now, but it will, eventually it will, it will happen in time. Okay. Ah, uh, Robert says, desire to retreat and real need to get out there. It's a 10th house perfection year, big transit transitions and imminent, but hard to bring along patience. Yes. Patience is the key, Robert. And fall back on your um, your self care. You know, fall back on your ability to utilize your your nurturing of not only yourself but others, and that, that can 
that's a real benefit for cancer risings. Don't forget to nurture yourself in those in those circumstances. And I think that's good advice for this full moon is don't don't cut yourself out of the picture when you're when you're taking care of other people. Robert says it's a relief to have Mars out of Cancer. It was a relief to have Mars out of Gemini. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's sometimes just a relief to have Mars somewhere else. <laughs> when we have Mars moving through something, we're always dealing with some kind of problem. Uh, and uh, sometimes it's nice to just deal with a different problem after months or weeks of dealing with the same problem. Okay. Jeannie says, I don't even know what a noob is. <laughs> English is my second language. Thank you for reminding me. I guess noob is me. Jeannie, where are you, where are you from again? Is it Seoul? Are you, from, is, are you the one from Korea? And you are doing great with English, by the way, friend. All of the friends here that who may not speak English as a, as a first language are amazing. And I have so much appreciation and admiration for those of you who are coming here and participating in a language that may not be as comfortable as your your native language that is so brave and amazing um so i'm totally i'm not making funny sometimes there's little things that come up that are funny a noob is someone who is like a beginner and it's like a gamer term i think on some level where you you sometimes you're like oh look at this noob that doesn't doesn't know what they're doing kind of thing it's 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 a funny term in English. It's a weird a weird word that isn't. It's not super common um, amongst adults. <laughs> it's more common amongst teenagers, which is kind of funny. Um, but yes, I appreciate your super sticker either way, and I don't really care what is on it. Thank you so much for the for the contribution. Oh boy. All right. All right, Jeannie. Well, th I can't believe you joined us at the wee hours of the day, taking off. It's 4.10 a.m. Should be sleeping, but I'm wanting to participate live. We'll be dozing off listening to the remaining of the show. Have a good rest of the day. Well, thank you so much, Jeannie. I appreciate you. And um, yeah, have, have a good one. Have a good, have a good full moon, friend. Okay, let's go to Leo Rising. All right, and I'll just take an opportunity to look through the chat here. Um, just reading, just pausing to assess what's going on in the chat. LSJ says, moderating the workload, not the easiest thing with nodal activity, in my opinion, though Mars leaving cancer has been nice. Yeah, if you're cancer rising, you're probably celebrating Mars moving out of cancer. That's not an easy place it's it's a difficult place for mars um and uh, yeah even though mars and leo is bringing its own challenges it's a little bit more of a consistent challenge than than an unpredictable challenge one of the things i've learned about mars being in its fall or detriment in hellenistic astrology is that a malefic planet will act the ancient authors said that a malefic planet will act a little bit less predictably when it, it does not have dignity. And th that's challenging when we have a planet like Mars, which brings us injuries, illnesses, accidents, separations. When we get surprised by those things and they come out of the blue, um, that, that's where it gets, where it's a problem, right? And that's when it can be really disruptive. And Mars being in the place of domestic energies can be really uh, 
not only shocking, but can be very like, uh, make us uncomfortable. Yes, that people are saying noob is is newbie. Yes, it's it's a kind of a, a, a spinoff on the newbie. Yes, a, a new person, new to the party or a beginner. And it's not a, uh, I don't think it's a necessarily a derogative term either. Like sometimes you can you can claim being a noob and oftentimes we have to be noobs to <laughs> to uh to get where we want to go right we have to have the beginner's mind and i think that that's something that uh we need to have more of lisa says what a nice group of people we have here i agree lisa uh it is a nice group Jeannie says yes i'm a korean native the super sticker doesn't have a large range so noob it was this time well Jeannie, you are so very welcome here and it, it is so appreciated, your contribution, both in the chat and your donation. And I'm so grateful that you're choosing to, I mean, lose sleep even to participate live. So what, a, what an honor it is to, to be, that, um, be that for you and to be your guide here today and for your contributions. So thank you. Okay, let's talk Leo Rising. You ready? Leo Risings? I'm ready. So Leo Rising. This is me and a few other friends. And other Leo Risings. And Tina Turner who just passed. Oh my goodness, Tina. So Leo Rising. You have the moon in the, in the fifth and the sun in the eleventh. And you are... Having a big stellium in your 10th house. It's a lot of expansion going on in your 10th. You've got uh, Saturn hanging out in the 8th, in that overcoming square, to the sun in the 11th. Mars has just moved into your first house. You might be feeling a little spicy, <laughs> like Leo Risings. Uh, I was, I've, I've been, I think I've been doing a decent job managing my anger lately and because I've given it a job. We talked about this last week, but giving your, your energy, willpower, anger, a job to do is important. Like I said, I got a bit of a negative comment, like one negative comment out of like a million positive comments. So, but I was pretty frustrated with that and it does uh, it is painful when you receive criticism, and I had to find ways to healthily manage my my anger around that. Um, I will tell you this: if you leave a negative comment that does not contribute to the sanctity of our group, I will delete it and I will boot you from the chat. So that's kind of the promise I will make to you that this will be continue to be a safe space, and if you're just going to be an asshole, you don't have a place here and you should just move on and, and you don't have to consume this content. You can go somewhere else. So that's sort of my like mother, mother bear type of warning for folks like that. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're nice to people and you have something to contribute, you're welcome here. And I'm, I believe in second chances too. So if you were somebody who was kind of a dick to me and you want to be nice now, you know, I forgive you. Um, but just don't do it again. <laughs> like that's what I'll say. 
So there's Mars. There's an example of Mars in the first house, Leo Risings, where you're kind of like, you know, feeling your martial feelings and feeling your martial energy, getting an opposition from Pluto, uh, you know, maybe making thinly veiled threats. <laughs> like there, there's, there's some challenges around having Mars in the first house. And I think that everybody is sensitive when we have Mars in the first. Leo Risings in particular, at the end of the day, they do want to make people happy and they want to be liked, okay? What I've been trying to tell my Leo Rising friends and Leo placements, though, is that not everyone is going to like you and not everyone is going to vibe with you, and that is totally okay. And at the end of the day, you don't need to change who you are so that people like you. If you, um, you, you can just be yourself. And if people don't like you, that you can just let, let them go and let them go on to an experience that is more in alignment with their values and what they are looking for. Again, the internet is a place where it's difficult to deal with that sometimes because oftentimes the, the people that are the most cruel on this platform are the ones that hide behind anonymity because you don't have to look someone in the face and say it to them to their face and see the emotional reaction that plays out on their face. And I understand that. And it's very easy to be, uh, be a jerk on the internet. And I hope that we will model that there, it doesn't have to be that way. Again, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. This, this show is not everyone's cup of tea. So I, 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 I ask you to just move on if it isn't without having to be cruel about it, right? I'll be nice to you if you'd be nice to me. Treat people the way they want to be treated, right? I, th that was something I saw today that was interesting. Is uh, Someone was saying like, oh, there's this thing that talks about treat people the way you want to be treated. And she was like, maybe think about it in a different way. Treat people the way they want to be treated. And the way I want to be treated is with kindness. And so I will try to model that. And if you want to treat people with hatred and, and criticism, again, if it's, if it's valid criticism, if it's, if it's for astrological purposes rather than personal attacks, I can hear that. But personal attacks will not be tolerated on this channel whatsoever. Okay. Thank you, Beth. I appreciate you. You're so awesome. So Leo rising, that, that is, again, there, there is another kind of like, you've got Mars in your first house right now. I have Mars in my first house right now. Thank you, Modern Gold, Goldilocks, for your super sticker as well. Like, I, I don't know, if Leo rising at this full moon, just be careful with your anger. Like, you have to be careful that you find ways to healthily do that because you're probably be t a little tired of being fucked with. <laughs> like, I think that's the thing. And we, sometimes we are not nice and we, we, sometimes we are not the most centered when people keep antagonizing us. Um, but again, healthy boundaries put in place, finding a healthy outlet for your martial anger, recognizing that there are a lot of different ways, sun in Gemini in the 11th for people to express. If you're a Leo rising, you're probably friends with a lot of different people, 
right? A lot of different types of people that have different opinions, that have different life experiences. And that's part of the amazing part of being a Leo rising is you get to have a lot of different experiences with people from different viewpoints in the world. And I love that about this channel. Again, if, if you follow the basic rules of kindness here, and I don't, I, I can speak with you, right? So this is a thing where you have to kind of like think about, okay, you're going to be focusing on more group experiences. There's going to be a lot of different viewpoints. You may, as a Leo rising, have to start expressing what is important to you, right? Your value system, maybe with a full moon in the fifth house, okay? What are you willing to accept and what you are not willing to accept? You're also maybe there's some creative expressions that could come to the fore. There may be a creative project that you're dealing with. I know for me as a Leo rising, having a flat, I think I've ordered like 50 plugs of native pollinator plants. There's something that's coming to a head with a creative project. It's something that I'm doing for me. It's not necessarily for the group, although it does benefit the, the bees this this project of putting plants in my yard is f purely for my own enjoyment. So I can see like as as this moon is coming full, I'm going to have a peak experience of like, wow, look at all these plants that are coming, right? And this is something where, you know, <laughs> it's just, I love it. And, it, and I'm going to, I think I'm going to feel really amazing. But on the flip side, I'm going to have to be careful with my body, right? I, I don't want to overdo it trying to dig up the yard and planting everything in one day. You know, you'll have Venus Leo rising in your 12th house where it's it's been easy, a little bit easier lately to get peace and solitude since Mars has moved out. I've experienced that in my own, in my own life where there was a, some circumstances in my life where it was really difficult for me to get some peace, but that since has changed and I've, I've been experiencing a better experience with that. Um, you may have some challenges Leo rising with the th shared spaces and, and resources with Saturn. You're having to reevaluate some of those things. Um, we're going through a transition in our, in our living space with the people that we share the home with. So there's that, that has been something I've experienced with Saturn in the eighth house. Um, and then there's a huge stellium, Leo rising, with, with Jupiter, Mercury, and Uranus and the North Node. It's time to kind of make plans to put yourself out there more and to expand what you're doing professionally. I will say from my own experience, I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of instincts towards retreating and, and towards, you know, really pacing myself with my professional things, but I can feel potential energy just from talking with all of you here. I have some plans that are kicking around in my mind. If you're a Leo rising, it's a good time to expand what you're doing professionally. You got Jupiter there hanging out, um, but take it one day at a time. You don't have to do everything at once, but really do think about how you can change your offerings so that you can benefit materially or otherwise or expand what you're doing. Okay, so that's Leo rising. Make sense? All right. Steven says Mars in the ninth house right now. Yeah, spicy, <laughs> the spicy hour. Oh man. And I'll tell you, sometimes at the end of these 
things, folks. I just get a little tired and like my energy starts to wane because it is a lot of mental energy to like go through all this. This is part of the reason I need to keep myself with some blood sugar stuff is, I don't know. I try to eat a big meal before I do these things so I have, I have endurance. Robert says, theoretical question, what is Mars' challenge in Leo in the first decade? There's no dignity there. Overheating, being too visible and perceived an aggressive atmosphere equals extreme vulnerability. Yes, that's a great observation, Robert. That first decade is five of wands where we're competing for the spotlight. And you may feel forced into the spotlight if you have Mars there. You may feel excessively competitive, right? Where you're saying, oh, I've got to compete for, for people's attention. It's, I think that first decan also is, is, it's a Saturn decan. So there is this like um, pressure, this like pressure to perform. And Mars may accelerate like the pressure to perform when it's in that particular decan. And that can be really uncomfortable. Definitely overheating Mars in a fire sign like getting too spicy, getting too um, exposed, right? So watching the way that you present publicly and things like that, that also can be a challenge. Jennifer DeRocher is here. Hello, Jennifer. Says, my dad's a sad rising in the hospital. Oh, I'm sorry, friend. Um, well, uh, sending good vibes to your dad. And I hope that he's doing okay. Modern Goldilocks says, I'm new here. I found you through Nightlight. Thank you for your vulnerability and humility. Love the way you break down the transits. Well, welcome, friend. It's always nice to see new faces, and I'm so appreciative that you've found us through Adam's work, and there's a lot of Nightlight alums here, so I appreciate, I appreciate that, and we should have an, another Astrology of Sports podcast coming out soon. I know Adam's at Norwalk right now, so we're still working through scheduling with that, but we need to make a NBA Finals prediction <laughs> pretty soon. So welcome, friend, and, and thank you for the compliment and for the super sticker. Um, oh, Dimphy's asking me to put some plant photographs on my Insta. I will. I have, I have a backlog of them right now. I could even make like a, <laughs> I probably could even make like a time lapse, you know, of all the things I've been doing. I just, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do that, Dimphy. I'll, I'll do that this weekend. Mm. Callie says, gotta run, catch the Aquarius rising in the replay. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Well, thank you, friend, and thank you for stopping by. And I will I will make sure to break that down in depth for you. All right, so that's Leo Rising. Let's take a little break here and do a little stretch. Robert says the last sports podcast was fun. I love the sports podcast. I just love hanging out with Adam and Kip and talking sports if you aren't unfamiliar with that um i team up with adam ellen boss and my friend kip who uh is another astrologer i met at the united astrology conference in 2018 who lives in uh i think i think was as a minnesota native but lives out on the west coast now um both vikings fans I won't hold it against them. I'm a Packers fan. <laughs> but what I do appreciate is when people stay loyal to their childhood teams, um, because I, as a cancer person, it's just, I couldn't change loyalties even if I wanted to. You know, I, uh, I grew up on the border of Illinois and Wisconsin, and my grandparents are from 
Milwaukee. So when I visited them, I would just go watch the Packers and it was just, that's who we supported. And if you don't, if you know anything about the Packers in Wisconsin, it's like a religion there. I mean, it's Packer fans are really, really intense. And it was just something I have really fond memories of as a kid. And I just loved connecting over that and watching Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And I even remember the Randy Wright era, if you're a Packers fan, it was, that wasn't a good era, but I was at the right age. You know, I was about 11 or 12 years old when Brett Favre started to become a thing. So you can imagine that, you know, a kid seeing that guy play for the first time. And he's since made some very, very questionable life choices that have been disappointing. And he's become a fallible human being rather than a, a you know, a mythical, legendary, godlike figure. But that happens. Oftentimes, sports figures come down off their pedestal and we figure out who they are as people rather than just as athletes. And sometimes they are great people and sometimes they aren't. And in Brett Favre's case, he, he really isn't. So, cheers. And Aaron Rodgers is going through a similar thing where he's just kind of completely dive bombing his reputation. But check out the Astrology of Sports on the Nightlight Astrology channel. We have about five or six episodes up there. And I have a really nice method of predicting championships um, with the South Node. And I plan on doing that again in the next week or two for the NBA Finals. I haven't really looked at it yet, but uh, check that out and keep your eyes peeled for it. Okay, looking through the chat. Almost done. We're heading around the bend here. Robert says, you guys really know a lot about sports and really enjoy sports, so the discussion would be great even if you weren't astrologers. Lions fan here, concerned about Goff's chart, speculating. Oh, Robert, you've gone through it, haven't you? I appreciate that. Yeah, anytime people are just expressing their joy on something they really enjoy, there is a beauty in that, isn't there? And this is why I can have a, a, a fun conversation with literally the the lifelong rival of my favorite team um, is because I just appreciate their passion and um, I love that about it. And I'll tell you, Robert, Lions are looking pretty good lately. They've been turning around, friends. Like I, I live, you know, 40 minutes from Detroit and I'll tell you, bud, the Lions have a new new management and they've got a new coach who's really intense. Their, their coach is an Aries He's really passionate and has really changed the culture there. And they've started amassing some talent. So the, the long-suffering Lions fans, I think that there's a, there's a real chance that the Lions win the division this year. I hate to say it, but as a Packers fan. Um, but I think that their, their arrow is pointing up. So I think it'll be really, really interesting to see. I'm excited about this football season. The Packers have been going through a transition to a new franchise quarterback and a lot of changeover to youth and I'm really excited to see what happens and love watching the Lions and Packers play they're gonna I think they're playing on Thanksgiving this year that'll be fun and um, love watching the Vikings and Packers play and Bears and all that and like oh boy fun times I love football I love the draft I I, there was the news the other day that so the draft is going to be in Detroit next year which is fun I, I thinking about going to that 
Um, but it's going to be in Green Bay in 2025. They just announced that. And I'll tell you, if you can get to that mecca of sports for that for the draft, that, that's going to be really fun. Okay. Nanda Devi says, what about Brady's new financial commitment to the Raiders? Oh, Nanda Devi. It's interesting, isn't it? Um, I hate Tom Brady. <laughs> Sorry. He just, that guy's just born on third base and he just keeps getting richer. <laughs> like, so, uh, I think the Raiders is a, I think the Raiders is a tough franchise. They, they, have been mismanaged for a really, really long time from Al Davis to now to his son who really needs a different barber. Um, I'm sorry to say, he just needs to let it go. Like, let it go, Mark. Is that his name, Mark? <laughs> like, Mark Davis? Because whatever you're doing is not working, friend. Um, I don't know. I think it's interesting, because, especially Nanda Devi, because uh, Jimmy Garoppolo came out is the new quarterback they signed with the Raiders who recently it was revealed that he had foot surgery. So he's, he may not even be ready for the start of the regular season. So uh, there's probably a lot of speculation like, Oh, is Brady going to come back and play for the team that he owns? But I don't, I don't even think that's allowed. Um, I just, I think that Tom Brady's kind of a savvy businessman. And, and anytime you can become one of 32 or, or even part of one of 32 NFL franchises, NFL is just printing money right now. So honestly, it's probably a savvy business move on Tom Brady's part to be part of any franchise, even if it's one that isn't, hasn't had the most success recently, like the Raiders. But, you know, it's Las Vegas. What happens in Vegas? Who knows? <laughs> like, um, I love this. We'll do a little sports diversion here. Okay. And then we'll finish up the rising signs. Laurel is here from Cape Town, South Africa. A student of Adams just stopped by as bedtime now. Love your loving kindness and how you are sharing. I studied traditional and now found Hellenistic. Thank you. Well, welcome, Laurel. Thank you. And welcome from South Africa. That's another country that we're, we're adding to the list here. That's very, very cool. Um, we try. I, I'm not perfect. I get I get upset and I get defensive and you know frustrated sometimes, just like any other person. But uh, just trying to recenter ourselves and create, you know, a consistent environment of kindness and appreciation for one another. It's I think it's becoming more and more rare in the world and on the internet in particular. And I hope that we can be a little bit of an oasis for people. And I will con I, that is my pledge to you is I will continue to try to remain as centered and as you know chill as I can to to be able to model that. And again. Just give me some grace, friends, and realize that I'm a human being, too, that has feelings and emotions and all of those things, too. But welcome, Laurel, and I hope that you'll join us again. Uh, Dohan says, that was me with Joe Montana. I fell in love with the 49ers and that legendary team, but was a Steelers fan from birth. Oof. Yeah, that's a, that's a conflict of interest, isn't it? Yeah, Steelers. I mean, that's I love the tradition that the Steelers have. I have a friend in this neighborhood here that I live in who's who grew up in Pittsburgh and I've almost become a fan of of the Steelers as as my AFC team, um, because there's really not a huge conflict of interest with the Steelers and the Packers like there is with the Vikings, right? And I just love the small working class town. I mean, Pittsburgh's not as small as Green Bay, but I love talking football and Steelers and 49ers were had a lot of success in the 80s, and I loved watching those Super Bowls with Joe Montana as well. Steven's a native New Yorker. Giants and Jets, huh? 
Robert says, huge Alex Karras fan. I'm 69, but concerned about Goff. Yeah, I love the coach, GM, and what they've been doing, but want to see them get a good backup quarterback. It doesn't seem to be happening. Well, Robert, uh, I don't know if you follow the NFL draft, but they just drafted this guy named Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, who is pretty darn good quarterback. He's he's a little bit older than a normal rookie. He's probably about 25 years old, but he's a Capricorn. And um, he's recovering from an ACL injury, but when healthy, it's really good. And I was, as a Packers fan, I was a little disappointed to see Detroit draft him because I think he's going to be a good player. Um, the Vikings also got a backup quarterback um, the, in the draft too that I think is going to be good. So keep your eyes peeled. I, I'm, I have some faith that, that uh, Hooker is actually going to be a pretty good backup. So keep an eye on him. Uh, Jennifer DeRocher says, yes, Mars, Transling Mars also opposite uh, his sun and moon, Transling Pluto. Hope so too. Nanda. Who, who are we talking about here? I missed out who we're talking about. Sorry, I'm behind in the chat here. See, now you're all getting me on a, a sports uh, diversion. <laughs> like I, I was like, yeah, we'll get in under two and a half hours. No, it's not going to happen now. But these are the best types of diversions. I love you can get me talking music and sports and food, and I just, I love it. I love it. Tiki Barber, whatever happened to him? The Giants running back, Steven? Isn't he like a sportscaster now? I, I think Tiki is a, him and his twin brother. They do like, what was uh, Rondé Barber? Was the, the cornerback? I think Tiki does some kind of like, uh, I thought he was in broadcasting, but I could be wrong. Don says, me too, regarding Brady. His luck is jealousy inspiring. Oh, Monique is here. I'm on lunch at Norwalk. What's up? <laughs> Monique is, is my new my new uh, astro friend. Um, so just go, circling back to Don. Yeah, Br Tom Brady has a, Leo, a Libra ascending chart. Leo sun, Venus on the midheaven. So like the ruler of his chart in cancer in its own triplicity and it's got some other dignity as well ruling his chart he just he's so so lucky not saying he's not amazingly talented and smart and, and good he is but i've witnessed a lot of games that should not have gone his way that did and it's just it's it's like okay let someone else win <laughs> that's my experience with him but you know whatever like and I also feel like he treats his teammates a little. I don't like how he treats his teammates sometimes. And maybe that's just me seeing him throw a temper tantrum on the sideline. Uh, maybe in, you know, in reality, he actually has a good relationship with them, but he just seems a little bit entitled, kind of like a prick to me. But if you're a Brady fan, there's no arguing with his success. Like he's the most successful NFL player ever. So, uh, he's doing fine <laughs> like but it, but an example of brady's luck he retires and he's immediately already has a 350 million dollar broadcasting contract that's like in place the moment he retires when whenever he chooses he could go to like fox and you know start collecting another check so yeah so it goes um monique says i fell in love with brett Favre when i was like 10 watching the super bowl i've been a packer fan since yeah brett Favre. It's so disappointing that he turned out to be kind of a, a, a not a superhuman human being, right? Because he was so much fun to watch. He just had so much charisma. He was had that gritty, never-say-die attitude. 
Um, he would just pull stuff out of his butt. Like it was so much fun watching him and just, just learning more about, you know, sort of his feelings as a flawed human being has been really, it just is what it is. I, I will always appreciate his time entertaining me as a young person playing sports. Doesn't mean I have to elevate him as anything other than a professional athlete at this point. And that's what we have to do. We have to like, you know, respect our, our sports and athletes as athletes and then also understand that they're human. Just like your friendly astrologers on all of these channels. Like you shouldn't elevate your your astrology teachers into deified status either because we're just human beings also. We love helping and we sometimes we have some knowledge that is esoteric that isn't always apparent to everyone. But at the end of the day, we're living these transits just like you. And, you know, understanding that and taking your your um, metaphysical teachers off, off a pedestal is important too. I've had to learn that the hard way. Um, so that's another reason why I try to keep this a community, you know, where we're all contributing and things of that nature. Because, yes, maybe I can be a focal point, but I want to highlight just your amazingness in this chat also in this channel. Jennifer says, when I was young, he would take me to see Red Wings at the Olympic. Ooh, that's fun. I wish I, I wish Wisconsin had a hockey team because I, I just didn't have any real loyalties with hockey, but I can... I played hockey, which is the most ironic part about it. I just liked all, all the teams. I was uh, was a little bit partial to the the Blackhawks growing up in Chicago um, when they were they were really good at that point. I I played hockey, went to hockey camps where sometimes we'd get to meet Blackhawks players, and I sort of backhand passed with Chris Chelios for a little bit. That was cool. And I don't know if you remember Ed Belfour, and I shot pucks with Ed, Ed Belfour as a 12 year old or 11 year old. I got checked by Jeremy Roenick. That's <laughs> one of my claim to fames as a 10 or 11 year old child. I started, he's a Capricorn. Like he's, he's a dick. Um, I have to admit like nothing against you Capricorns, but he was, could just not stop bragging about his Porsche and stuff like that, where Steve Larmer and like, you know, uh, Chris Chelios were super, super, super nice. Steve Larmer in particular was a really great, great dude. Um, but Ronick was mad that I like started a, a drill early or something and just leveled me. <laughs> like he just laid me out on the ice. Like, I was like, what is going on? Did I just get laid out by Jeremy Ronick? <laughs> What's happening here? Like, um, and it did make sense. I'm a cancer son. He's a Capricorn son. We, we had some kind of like karma with one another so i just thought that was probably that's my brush with greatness um uh, but anyway carol's like the sports diversion mars in your first yeah i mean this is what you what you get when you come here again uh this is what we do nanda devi says there's something magical about going to sports events as a kid with dads and grandpas oh yeah i I, I, you know, I, I never went to Packers games in person with my family. We went, watched it on TV because it was expensive. I went to one Packers game, a Packers-Bears game at Lambeau Field in 1987 when both of those teams were just complete dumpster fires um, with Neil Anderson and Jim, I think Mike Tomzak or Jim Harbaugh were the quarterback for the Bears and Randy Wright or Don Mikowski were Packers quarterbacks. 
and that was fun. I barely remember it, but it, I, I, it was fun. But I went to a lot of Brewers games with my grandfather, and that was super cool. Uh, there's nothing like sitting at a baseball game with your grandpa, getting pe- peanuts and popcorn and hot dogs, and just hanging out on a beautiful spring or summer day. You know, uh, it really is a, a beautiful experience. Um, man, you guys, I love that we have so many sports fans here. It's awesome. Jennifer says, "Got me to." Pl- to play hockey in the first girls league in Plymouth. Cool. That's cool. Oh, that's awesome, Jennifer. It's exciting. In Plymouth, Michigan. That's awesome. Yeah, Monique says Brett Favre equals douche canoe. <laughs> he's made some really questionable life choices recently. I, I have to admit he's de- defrauded the taxpayers of Mississippi out of hundreds of thousands of dollars so that his daughter could have a new a new volleyball court at her college and took away from people who are on welfare for that. And that was, that's really, that's a douche move. Yeah. I, I, I will say that. Uh, difficult. Yeah. Brady. <laughs> people are hating that Tom Brady too. Okay. All right. Oh man. I love this. I love this. I'm having fun with this. I love the hockey players coming out of the woodwork here. When I was played, I was in my 30s, and our league won everything, so we got the pick of our team in the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. That's so cool. I miss hockey. I miss it. I, oh, yeah. I, I lost all my equipment in, like, a basement flood. Like, all my equipment's super messed up. I played, I played hockey competitively in travel hockey until I was about 16. And then between 16 and 19, I was still playing in, like, rec leagues. And I, I played in this uh, – this roller hockey league at like age 19 where we, I was, I was doing pretty good in this roller hockey league. I was scoring five or six goals a game in this competitive roller hockey league. It was, that was super fun. Um, but yeah, it's been a while and I'm, I really do miss it. I really, I miss just the feeling of going fast. I was a really good skater. I, um, I was like a swan on the ice. Funny, funny story. I, I got into musical theater um, in my late twenties and I was cast as the lead in a community theater production of honk the musical. And there's a scene where you're, you know, talking about being this swan and turning into this beautiful bird. And, and the, the main character the swan, me was, uh, had to walk, you know, pretend like they were swimming. And I had this idea. I was like, Hey, would it be, do you think it'd be cool if I like put on my rollerblades and like swam around the stage? And they were like, yeah, that'd be cool. So in this production of Honk, I'm like singing uh, this, this, you know, song about becoming this swan while like skating backwards and figure eights across the stage. It was super fun. Um, but it just, it, there's a freedom and a grace to hockey and skating that is just really, it's really beautiful. I miss it. Um, okay. Let's see. Dimphy says, have you done all the charts of those players for the predictions? Not yet. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Don says, Red Wings forever. Finally got to see them for my 31st birthday in Atlanta. And, oh man. Yeah, we need to do a hockey prediction too, right? Um, we've still got the Las Vegas Knights and the Dallas Stars and the Florida Panthers. Are, that, that team was brand new when I was coming up and now they're just... Uh, they are 
heading to the finals, right? And the the Hurricanes, I can't, I, I don't follow hockey as much, but I, I would probably do another prediction for the Stanley Cup. Um, again, I was using a South Node technique where I was looking at the coaches in championship games and seeing the losing coach having prominent placements, either planets in their natal chart to the transiting South Node or the South Node transiting planets in their chart. And it, it's worked out pretty well so far. So I'm planning on doing that again for the coaches for basketball and hockey pretty soon. Everybody loves Chelly. Yeah, yeah. Just the story with Chelios, we were pairing up for backhand passing. And like, I didn't have a partner and, and there was Chelios and I was like, he's like, I'll, I'll backhand pass with you. So I'm backhand passing with Chris Chelios as like an 11 year old kid. That was, that was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, all right, let's, let's finish this up. This is awesome. Thank you for that sports diversion. I appreciate all of you. Um, but let's keep rolling here. I gotta go. I gotta go pick up my partner. <laughs> work really soon so i'm gonna go a little quicker through some of this i'm sorry friends um so virgo rising virgo rising we're getting to another um angular full moon right so virgo rising we've got the sun in the 10th highlighting your career the options maybe feeling like you're spread too thin in your work right now if you're a virgo rising and you've got the full moon coming to a head in your fourth house. So some tension between your domestic life and your public life. And there may be something happening in your fourth house where you're really having to pull something together to, to achieve a domestic goal. Maybe it's a remodel. Maybe it's like something where you're moving. Maybe there's something going on where you're kind of seeing something come to a head in the fourth house. You have Mars in your 12th now, which is probably making it difficult to relax or sleep even. 12th house, I also associate with sleep a lot of the time. So maybe there's some sleepless nights with some of these challenges that you're going through. Um, but Venus is going to be moving there, hopefully to assist pretty soon. You've got a stellium in your ninth house in Taurus, where there's a lot of expansion with learning. Maybe you're going through a new learning process. Maybe you're going through some higher education um, expansions maybe you're pursuing a master's degree or an advanced degree or a university degree or something like that you also have saturn in your seventh house so there may be some endings happening either in relationships or with a partner where you're reevaluating your, your the the narrative that you tell each other about your relationship and um that can put some pressure on your work life a lot of times when we have trouble at home or, or when we have trouble with our partners, it can make it hard to focus at our job. And that might be something that you're going through um, at this during this time as well. So hang in there uh, and recognize that this too shall pass. And, you know, Mercury is ruling your chart in the first and it's in the ninth house. You may have to reevaluate your systems. Okay. Like, I know that that's tough to do and you have a, a method of doing things, but there's always a, a there's always a more efficient way to do something, right? And with Saturn and Pisces, sometimes it's telling you that your method might not be the only method. Sometimes you have to surrender to to the divine's plan, and that that is not easy to do. But I th I have faith in you, Don. Thank you so much for the super sticker. I, I appreciate you. Okay. All right. So let's keep going. So that's Virgo rising. 
let's go to Libra Rising. I'm going to get a little drink here. So Libra Rising, the full moon for you is going to be over the ninth and third house axis. Now, this is, uh, you know, these houses are called the God and the house of God and the house of the goddess, respectively, with the ninth being the house of the God related to the sun and the house of the goddess related to the moon. And it's interesting to me that both of these planets are in their joy, uh, the moon in the third house and the, and the sun in the ninth house. So this to me actually feels like a pretty fortuitous um, full moon for Libra risings in particular, especially with Venus in the 10th. Like, I think Libra Risings have probably been having some good fortune recently. And there may be this, this stack up, this ex expansion of either the resources of a partner. Um, maybe there's an inheritance type of thing happening where your resources are expanding, or you're just having to plan for new responsibilities of either being taken care of yourself or taking care of someone else. That could be part of it also. Saturn in the sixth house, there's been some some challenges or limits and boundaries around maybe um, a health issue. Maybe there's a chronic illness that you're having to work through right now with Saturn in your sixth house that's causing you to reevaluate uh, how you deal with your health or an injury or an illness or something like that. And then Mars moving through your 11th house. Um, maybe you're you're trying to find a new a new friend group. Maybe there's been a conflict with a friend or a group of people where Venus is going to be moving into the 11th to hopefully start to alleviate some of that pressure uh, very shortly after this full moon. Okay. So this is something where to be able to move forward with your beliefs, you may need to change up your daily habits and routines and find a new goal for your daily life rather than just like a bigger long-term goal, okay? This is, this is a full moon, Libra rising, that has to do with finding a ritual that works for you, okay? And Nanda Devi says, my partner just got a raise. So Nanda Devi's a Libra rising, and of course, Jupiter is in her eighth. So there's an expansion. There's an, there is the astrology in action. So yes, congratulations. That is, that's good news, isn't it? Okay. Let's talk about Scorpio rising. Scorpio rising. We've got an eighth house sun and a second house moon. So this again is speaking towards how you support your others versus how you support yourself. Um, we've got that stellium stack up in the seventh. We have Mars going through your 10th house right now and then Saturn in your fifth. So this is something where a lot of the focus has been on shared resources and maybe there's you know there's a lot of confusion and and challenges around you know what is yours versus what is someone else's and and shared resources and finances um and there will be a focal point maybe on how you you might be able to take care of either yourself or contribute to the to the equation so don't be afraid to to step out on your own and and unify towards, you know, getting out there and supporting yourself or helping to support others. Mars is in your tenth right now, so 
you may be feeling a lot of pressure to perform at, at work, right? Um, there may be something where you are getting into conflicts with authority figures as well, and I would uh, advise against that if you can. Sometimes it's important to to separate from things, but if you're causing you know conflicts in your workplace, at the end of the day, the type of thing you should be asking yourself is how are we all contributing to the goal of our organization? And yes, you want to feel a sense of respect and things of that nature, but um, getting into a personality conflict rather than seeing what the the actual goal is uh, can can lead to I mean, it can lead to getting fired, to be honest. So just be real careful with Mars in the 10th house. That's the kind of aspect with the Mars opposite Pluto and, and squaring everything where, you know, if you're not, if you're popping off in a way that is um, too prideful, that can lead to separation. Um, it can lead to an uncomfortableness in your, in your job. Now, the good news is, is Venus is about to, to move into your 10th and start smoothing over some of those tensions. You do have this, the South Node in your first also and the North Node in the seventh. So maybe increasing the teamwork aspect and decreasing the, the uh, a self-interest potentially could be part of the equation. And with the Saturn in the fifth house, some of the challenges at work could also be coming through challenges at home, like you know challenges with either a child or a family member that you're taking care of or a romantic relationship where, you know, Saturn's going to retrograde in your fifth house and maybe some disappointment around a, um, a romantic relationship or something of that nature or, or the ways that you seek entertainment um, or pleasure could be making it more difficult to, to bring the best part of yourself to, to the, to the workplace. Okay. Uh, Jennifer says, Miss Gemini Rising, what houses does it fall? So first house sun, seventh house um, moon, Jennifer. So partnership versus self issues. And um, we spent we spent some time on that earlier in the show too. So hopefully you can catch that, catch that on the replay. Nanda Debbie says, this resonates with me so much. I've been joking at my daily events. I've been looking at my daily events and seeing what I can change to find my tribe. Thanks all. Yeah. Right. So just finding, you know, some people that you are third house is also friends too, like, but just friends that are more personal friends rather than just, you know, friends that you share a, a belief with. Right. So this could be your local community, Nanda Devi for Libra rising. Right. Okay. So let's keep going. Yeah, no problem. I know this is, it's a long show and it's sometimes people will pop in and out. And that's okay. I'm totally used to that at this point. Um, but in the interest of of me picking up my poor carless partner <laughs> to keep going, uh, Sagittarius rising. So here's another angular, mutable rising sign, right? For this, oof, boy. There's a lot going on for you mutable signs right now, okay? So Sag rising You've got a lot of focus on relationships. There's a lot of choices and maybe paradoxes and being pulled in a lot of different directions with all types of partnerships, not just romantic ones like business partnerships, all things of that nature. And something may be coming to a head where you're having to maybe speak your own truth or something of that nature, um, where you're having to unify uh, your partner towards a, a shared goal. Okay, so maybe you have to be the one that says, okay, 
there's all these options, but let's pull it all together. Let's see how we can move forward with this and accomplish our highest priority. Now with Saturn in the fourth house, there's probably been some real heavy responsibilities in the family, maybe with your father or one of your parents, um, where you have some responsibilities with that. Or there's responsibilities with your home and domestic situation that's putting a lot of pressure on your relationships. So go easy on that. Um, you have a stellium in the sixth house in Taurus. So this is a great way, or a great time to uh, expand the people that may be able to help you also. I think that this is some, sixth house is also related to like tradesmen and people that, that do contracted work for us. Like in addition to like maybe healing an injury or an illness or something like that um this also could be like saying okay you know what i i maybe i do need some extra help maybe i i should hire somebody to to do a a job for me or something like that all right monique we'll see you later take care at norwalk good to see you friend and uh give spill the tea to me <laughs> later <laughs> oh boy so fun steven says i just made a business partnership with other spiritual beings well there you go right so something may come to a head with this and maybe there's uh, ways to delegate some of your um, some of your responsibilities with with all that stack up in, in the sixth house as well. I think that having a benefic there, I think it's it's OK to delegate to, to people around you. Right. Whereas when we have malefics there, sometimes we have challenges with people that that we contract or we hire or we're working with. All right. OK, so. Mars has been challenging your belief systems and maybe there was a, a desire to want to go traveling or something like that. And, but maybe there's been some real, real um, obstacles around that. Be careful if you're traveling, if you're a Sag rising around this period of time with Mars there. Um, but Venus is coming to, to soften, soften whatever is going on uh, eventually as uh, Venus moves into the ninth. Now just be careful, Sag rising, because Venus is going to retrograde in Leo. Uh, over the course of at the end of the summer in July, so you, some of the things that you believe now may may be up for reevaluation moving forward. Okay, let's keep going. So that's Sag rising, Capricorn rising. I know we got a lot of Cap risings. They've been waiting so patiently. You all do at the at the end of this. Someday I'll do it in reverse order. <laughs> but here is a uh, here is the full moon over the 12th and 6th house axis. And there's a lot of focus maybe on a lot of work that you have to do right now where you're feeling overwhelmed with work. I know my my beautiful partner, Tanya Capricorn Rising, is, is uh, preparing for the opening of her farmer's market. The first outdoor farmer's market of the season is on June 1st, something like that, first or second. And um, she's feeling a lot of stress and pressure and work with the sun in the sixth house, just managing a lot of different things to get that rolling. And um, I think that after the first market of the season, she'll start to feel a little bit of relief and, and be able to relax a little bit, hopefully. Um, so if you are a Capricorn rising, you may have a lot of responsibilities right now is what I'm trying to say. And you might start to get some relief potentially uh, after this full moon, okay? Now you have Saturn in the third house making it even more challenging. Now, the way that's manifested in my household is that uh, 
Saturn's in the third house of short distance travel. <laughs> like her car basically died uh, this week and we have to take responsibility to either get it fixed or to get a new one. And so it's, it's time expired. You see what I'm saying? Like something, the bill came due basically. So that's another thing like where, you know, your daily habits and routines are having to be changed or be reevaluated due to just you know a chronic problem that needs to be dealt with saturnian issues don't just pop up overnight you know they're ones that you've known about for a long time that you just finally have to deal with when when it finally pops basically and same thing with her car and or with anything that you're dealing with as a third house issue um you're having a stellium in your fifth house cap rising which is is nice that's a that's Jupiter making a trine to your both your ascendant and your midheaven uh, or your 10th house, I guess. It doesn't have to be midheaven. Um, I know my partner's midheaven's in Scorpio, so there is definitely a, a, a place where you can see um, a shift. But there is some, you know, expansion possibilities. I'm sorry. I'm, I, this is what happens when we get later in the show. This fifth house stellium is trined your ninth house of Virgo, not the 10th house of Libra. Sorry, I'm just not seeing the sign on the top there. So your ability to bring about creative solutions, to pursue pleasure, to expand your, your, your own, advocating for your own needs and, and finding joy in your own life can, can help alleviate some of the worries that you may have around the world, around your place within it. Um, just give yourself a break every once in a while, right? Like, I think that cap risings work so hard and carry so many burdens that it's hard for them to relax. And this full moon is like, okay, you've done a lot of hard work. It's it's time to balance out relaxing and finding ways to support yourself moving forward and in, in finding peace. Um, let's see. Rachel just joined. Hi, Rachel. Sag rising moon in the first. Will this be up to watch again? It will, Rachel. It will. It will probably be available to watch as soon as we're done done live streaming, which should be within the next 20, 20 minutes or so. So you can rewatch uh, the sad rising part probably as we get to the end of the show. But I'm happy that you're here right now. Uh, Jennifer says my dad has natal Saturn in his sixth house. Uh, with lots of physical and health problems. Oh, I'm sorry, Jennifer. Yeah, it, it is chronic, you know, chronic illnesses with Saturn. So things that have been happening for a long time, right? Um, okay, so that is Cap Rising. Let's go to Aquarius Rising. Um, so Aquarius Rising, you have the sun in the fifth and the moon in the 11th. And you're also dealing with your ascendant ruler Saturn in the second house of money resources. You've got Mars now angular in the seventh house. So maybe partnership conflicts. You've got this big stellium in the fourth, a lot of possibilities and expansion in the home. Um, you know, maybe you're buying a new home or renovating or trying to fix some things in your house, or maybe you're expanding your family or something like that also. And you have a lot of focus on the fifth house of maybe children or, or um, seeking pleasure. But you have to be really responsible with your resources around this period of time. Um, 
you know, Aquarius rising, it be, try not to overdo it if you're doing like a home thing. Because Saturn is going to turn retrograde and it's, it's going to say, look, you know, you got to be responsible with your money type of thing. Um, but Venus is going to start softening some of those relationship challenges and, uh, you know, helping out once it gets to the seventh house, although it is going to be going into that T-square relationship. And Aquarius Rising, you, you've been going through an increase in your fourth house family responsibilities um, and a decrease in your career. So there may be some loose ends you're tying up in your career so you can prepare for that new start in your domestic situation. Raven's here. Hello, Raven. Nice to see you. How you doing? Good to see you, my friend. Um, I'm happy you could join us today. Okay, let's keep going. So that's Aquarius rising. And of course, you have Pluto hanging out in your first house. And that's going to, you know, necessitate some changes. There's going to be things that are bubbling up in your psyche that have been really festering for a long time. And, and Pluto is going to ask you to start dealing with them. And Mars has activated that through your relationships. Jupiter's activated that through your, your domestic situation. Um, but Venus is going to activate that also, Venus-Pluto type of thing. I would recommend Aquarius Rising, just try not to get involved in some power struggles, right, around this this full moon with Venus, um, you know, opposing Pluto uh, or manipulative type of things with a partner. And then, you know, you may have to help your vision come to fruition for the sake of an altruistic, you know, experience. Like you're no stranger to altruism, Aquarius rising, but there may be something special going on where you having to really pull things together to achieve a specific goal for the sake of the group. Okay. And finally, our long suffering Pisces risings. So patient. They've just been chilling anyway. <laughs> right. All right. Our last angular mutable full moon. So this is happening in your fourth and 10th house. You know, there's a lot of focus for Pisces risings on the choices ahead of you and trying to reconcile all sorts of different things in your family life, maybe with your parents, maybe with your kids, maybe with your home. A um, lot of choices where you could be having maybe even an issue with a neighbor or a sibling too, with Mercury in, you know, conjoining Uranus, where you have to, having to be innovative about fixing something that may have gone wrong in, in that area. You've got Saturn in your first house, so there's definitely some, you're feeling some pressure uh, as far as a heaviness, maybe a, a slight depression potentially. But Jupiter is asking you to, to expand your plans, right? It's the ruler of your ascendant. It is conjoining the, the north node in your third house. It says, look, you gotta, you gotta, you know, not just always just go with the flow all the time. It is admirable that you are able to surrender to a process and make adjustments and be flexible. But Jupiter and Taurus here is saying, no, it's, it's okay to have a solidified home base. You need a container for all that water, for all that emotions. You need a cup. You need to, and the, the Jupiter is saying, you know, work on your cup and then you'll have something that will allow you to transport that energy, that emotional energy to where you want it to go, right? Rather than have it just spill all over everything all the time. Um, 
you may be having some conflicts with a contractor of some sort or someone who works for you or maybe having an accident or an illness or a challenge like that, inflammation, something like that. Pay special attention to your heart. Okay, right? Like try not to overstress yourself so that you get like a heart challenge or issue. And your domestic situation is making it probably challenging in your work right now too, Pisces rising. So try to balance out how you show up publicly, um, you know, versus dealing with all of the, the things that are pulling you in multiple directions in your home. You're going to have to keep it together at work, okay? Uh, don't let the distractions that are happening at home and maybe with, you know, your, your health cause you to, to lose steam in your, in your work and in your job. You still have a job to do, and I think that when you put your mind to it, when you put your heart to it, you can achieve anything. When you, when you have faith in the process, um, you are a powerful, powerful manifester. So that is what I have for all of you through the houses. So we, as we are apt to do, we're going to finish off our show today with a, um, an I Ching and an animal. So the... Let's see here. Okay, we're going to finish this up. I'm, I'm so grateful for all of you and your comments and your contributions to the group here. So we talked about the dragonfly, right? Um, I'll talk about that more in a second, but that's our animal. It was the animal for the new moon in Taurus, and I got it again for the full moon, which is interesting. But the I Ching that I got was the uh, hexagram number 55 which translates to zenith, fullness, splendor, plenty, uh, being generous, acting decisively, living in the present, and making the most of the good times. So this is a, a hexagram that sort of feels like a full moon at, that is describing a full moon with no changing lines. So this is talking about ideas coming to fruition, being present, enjoy, enjoying the fullness of the moment, releasing worry about the future. We have a lot of things in our experience right now that maybe you know, bringing us some worry about the future financially and otherwise. But we have to be present if we want to, to take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of us right now, okay? And I think that it is important to plan for the future, to be able to sustain our abundance over time, but we shouldn't let that planning remove us from the, the present moment, remove us from that feeling that we can be uh, appreciate all that we have. So there is a quote with this, this hexagram. It says, abundance, success, the king approaches. Do not be sad. Be like the sun at midday. And that's good advice. You know, radiate, right? Shine your light. Be joyful and powerful and energetically generous. Try to be happy. Take, take care of business this time. Act. It's time to act. But, em, em, you know, embrace some optimism for the future. There's a, a lot of things in the news and all this that can make us feel worried about the future but there's just moments right now right now in this moment as you're listening to this there's peace you're with friends you know you're with people that care about you and that will support you and there's something beautiful about that moment right and we have to appreciate those times even if they we know that they can't always last forever we have to try to do uh what we can in that moment and there's nothing like the optimism of a Sagittarian, you know, 
Like there is a faith that comes through a Jupiterian type of living experience. And what I've noticed from my Sagittarian and Piscean friends and Jupiterian people who have Jupiter prominent in their chart is, you know what, they're just like, you know what, I'm just, uh, things are going to work out. I'm just going to keep doing what I do and, and, you know, there's a higher power that has my back. And I think if we go through life like that and have faith rather than always feeling so skeptical about the future, which is a Gemini mercurial quality, um, a little bit is healthy. You know, we don't want to get to the point where we're going too far in one or the other direction. We don't want to get too skeptical that we never have faith in anything. And we don't want to have so much, uh, I don't know, arrogance that we don't ask questions and we don't listen to advice from other people. So balance those two things out. Take advantage of the moment and appreciate this peak moment of splendor and zenith. And then finally, we talk about that dragonfly a little bit. You know, it's simultaneously an insect of the water and the air. You see them around lakes a lot. So there is a, a balance of those two elements, water being the intuitive element and the air being the intellectual and rational one. So we are trying to balance those two things out. Um, dragonflies help us to give us new perspective on things. They are able to see things from a lot of different angles. They have you know, eyes that are multivalent. They have a lot of, uh, what is the, I can't remember the, the scientific term for, their, for an insect's eyes, but they, they can see many different angles. Okay. Um, we may have to get in touch with our emotions if we've been too rational. Like with, with Gemini, we can get hyper-rational. Sometimes we can get oversaturated with our feelings and we have to bring in a little bit of common sense rationality into the equation. So that's something that we may have to do. Dragonflies are also super territorial insects. So be careful if you're feeling a little bit territorial in an area of your life as well and how can you create some peace around that. And finally, the dragonfly is a very solar symbol. They need light and heat. They're attracted to the sun. They're attracted to water. Okay, and I was speaking earlier about, you know, watering my garden and seeing the rainbow that came up. That feels like a very dragonfly symbol to me is the combination of water and sunlight creating a rainbow. So, you know, very in, in a very um, practical way, spend some time near water. We talked about this earlier in the show. Relax a little bit. See if you can find a new vision. The combination of water and sunlight creates this beautiful rainbow, right? And so that's a new vision that only comes from the combination of heart and mind, you know, intuition and rationality, air and water. Air and water together, it's almost like it, it creates fire, right? It creates beauty. So it can create the passion that you're looking for by balancing out those two elements. And finally, I think the dragonfly, there's m multiple... Uh, sources that talk about the dragonfly is related to illusion, right? Because they are, they look different in different light. And I think that this speaks to the Saturnian part of it. Saturn's asking us to get real about some of our dreams and maybe some of the illusions that we we had about how things are supposed to be, while simultaneously concretizing some of our dreams into reality. So releasing the dreams that just didn't, can't carry water, right? That just can't be manifested into reality, while also simultaneously saying, this one needs to live. I need to put energy, I need to put my Sagittarian archer tensile strength into this particular one and not get distracted by all the other things happening. All right, friends, we did it. 
we got there. We still got a little, we still went long, but this was a super fun um, live stream with all of you. Thank you so much for all of your contributions, whether it is intellectually, spiritually, materially. If you want to make a donation to the work that I'm doing, there's a dollar sign in the chat. It's a super sticker or super chat. If you want to do it after the fact, there's a little heart that says super thanks. You can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. You can support my work by buying the Deccans webinars. There's a 20% off sale of Gemini until the 21st of June. Um, yeah, sign up for a reading if you want to you know, work together. I'd be more than happy to help you. My books are open right now. Uh, I do schedule a week in advance, so if you're looking on the calendar, um, that's why the, there is a, you know, the next available time is a week from whenever. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking more NBA and NHL with all of you in the near future and football. And just just try to relax. Get get outside. Get some sun. You know, go relax by a body of water. Listen to the sound of that babbling brook and let those emotions go. If you need to have a good cry, have a good cry. You know, and that's that's so cathartic. All right. So friends, that's what I've got for you today. Thanks again for being such a supportive community. And um, be kind to one another. Be kind to me. Be kind to each other. And uh, we'll try to work our way through this crazy world together. So that's what I've got. Take care, friends. Peace.